0: Tune in to the Neil Prendiville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red
1: FM.
2: Some of the tabloids are talking about, um, you know, the end of the wonderful summer that we had. But, you know, it's not too bad. We haven't reached the longest day of the year yet. So hopefully the back end of June and into July and August will be glorious as we come further and further out of lockdown. But Mirror this morning says summer storms off, not as in gone, but we're into storm season uh, and that you can expect uh, more thunderstorms and showery conditions and flooding they're <laughs> not talking about town here but uh, people love weathery related stories um, but the issue involving pubs dominates many of the papers today can I just say I will be coming back to that awfully sad story of the Garda who was shot dead in County Roscommon. that doesn't make the newspapers because of course it was only announced in the early hours of the morning so that's not in the papers this morning uh, certainly not the physical hard copies, but Cork publicans feature in many of the paper. well, certainly in The Examiner and The Echo, but public pubs all over the country feature in all of the papers today. What we do know is now is that the 90 minutes has been extended to an hour and three quarters, to 105 minutes. I wonder why. Is it to cater for the length of a soccer match, or what's the story? But there's a lot of confusion. Now, the pub owners are still delighted, and they don't want to overly dismiss the guidelines, because at least many of them get to open... Uh, on uh, on Monday week and they don't want to be they don't want to be jinxing that and the one meter rule has made a huge difference for them so they're welcoming the social distancing reductions but many of them are questioning why 90 minutes? Why 105 minutes? What's the logic behind it? You can stay for an hour and three quarters and then the table has to be left empty and idle and cleaned and left sit there for 15 minutes before somebody else can sit at it. Don't know what the story will be with uh, controlling people going to and from the loo and of course um, a nine meal a nine euro meal, which is an ancient Irish law, that reverts back to shillings. Uh, at least a nine meal, there'll have to be something on the menu for nine euro. But many of them, of course, will have full menus. So uh, you know, you're looking at you know lots of different offers on the, on the menu to eat. And uh, the crack will be ninety, and then it's stout which is an interesting headline in the sun, considering that it's not accurate, because I know what they mean by the crack will be 90, but actually the crack will be 105. Uh, chaos and pub crawls. We spoke about this yesterday morning. What's to stop me booking the first pub, right, for 105 minutes? You then who are going with me, you book the second pub for the next 105 minutes. And then our third buddy who will be with us will book book the third pub for 105 minutes. And if you're still able to stand, the fourth, who will be able to sit at the table, would book the fourth pub for 105 minutes. So that's the kind of reason why they're talking about chaos and and pub crawls other stories of Cork talk about more and more uh, bike lanes for Cork City that thinking now and probably will put bike lanes on the South Mall according to the examiner this morning it's an own English story he also talks about more and more opportunities for city centre restaurants to engage in more outdoor dining which has got to be a good thing more on-street furniture I think the more on-street furniture you see now the better it will be for the city. It will create a really wonderful atmosphere. You know, we'll be much like many European cities who've gone that way ahead of us. But holidays and horses are back on the spending list. Apparently, they've been checking your credit card spend there, lads. Uh, Since the start of lockdown and as we've been coming slowly out of it. And air travel, the money being spent on air travel is up 139%. Accommodation bookings are up 101%. Restaurant bookings, takeaways, 63% up. Retail shopping, not online but physically going into shops, up 56%. So grocery spend has come down ever so slightly. But a lot of the old spend is back, the old physical spend, you know, air travel, booking hotels, booking, you know, restaurants and, you know, for Monday week and what have you. Big spend increase in that in people's credit and debit cards, apparently. Vitamin D, of course, is the real secret to health. And that's the new hope in the war on coronavirus, according to the Mail this morning. Um, whether you get it from sunshine or from a powerful, potent tablet, vitamin D is the way forward. all Martin says he doesn't care whether he's popular as a leader or as a Taoiseach or not. He's got a job to do. I did things that wouldn't have been popular in the past, and he's suggesting he left to do it in the future as well. And the Sun says that many people within Fianna Fáil have jumped... Party to end two, because they're unhappy with uh, jumping into bed with Fine gales. So Fianna Fáil members maybe died in the wolf. Fianna Fáil members are legging it from the party around the country apparently because of the proposed coalition. And then there is a big legal bill which will be paid to barristers and solicitors and also uh, to prisoners that could cost us in the region of three hundred and thirty to four hundred million euro. And that, of course, is the slopping out case. That um, many many prisons. There's a, there's a kind of a class action of nine separate mass actions for personal injury claims for those who are taking the state to court for slopping out little potties while in their cells. Uh, altogether, there's something like uh, nearly twelve thousand active cases from from prisoners. So that's going to cost an awful lot of money. Harbourview Harbourview Road residents very unhappy with speeding cars and. Uh, kids in cars. They have taken to the streets and will continue to do so Cornish to the Echo. They're going to protest again tomorrow afternoon. They want more traffic calming measures in the area. And then, it's interesting that you can avoid jail if you come up with enough money to compensate the person that you have hurt. In this case, it's an Echo story from a court case involving a Halloween assault. The victim was walking with his girlfriend. He's walking his girlfriend home. He ended up having his jaw broken. But yesterday, the culprit, a guy called Gary Dennehy from Toker, came up with 10 grand uh, for the victim and was given a two-year suspended jail term. I'll come back to that in a few minutes' time with a guy who was badly uh, scarred on his face uh, with a broken bottle. Never took an action, never went to court, never took a civil action. Um, and uh, it's interesting, you see somebody, uh, and that's a substantial amount of money and damages, 10 grand. You know Amazon Alexa, you know, in the home. I know that if you've got an Amazon Alexa in the home now, I've probably turned it on. Watch me turn on Alexas all over Cork. Alexa, what time is it? Is there anybody out there now who's just heard the time back from Alexa? Well, if you've got Alexa at home, soon you can have Alexa in your car. Maybe some very posh cars have it already. But this morning, the Echo says that the first Amazon Alexa device has been designed for use in cars and it's been launched in Ireland. It's called the Echo Auto. And it plugs into your small little, I suppose, into your little... Nobody uses the cigarette lighter anymore, so give it some use. And then, of course, uh, to those of you that get your, mon- your news on social media, I always find this amazing because <clears throat> I have a news feed uh, that comes up on Google, you know, and it is the stupidest, most unrelated news feed that I've ever got anywhere because it has no, bears no relation to what I'm interested in, apart from tennis. They seem to be able to track that I watch a lot of tennis or read a lot of tennis stories, so they give me lots of tennis stuff. But the rest of it is, by and large, a load of junk. And I was just wondering... If, the, if there's a world of people out there who are getting their news from the likes of a Google News feed, so you have no idea what's going on in the world. And you've no real idea what's real and what's fake. So the problem with stuff that you read on social media is that a lot of it is fake. And the worrying thing going forward is, and many of the papers are talking about this this morning, is that really you're not getting reliable news. And maybe that's the reason why many people don't believe the news that they read in the first place. Papers also talked today about the bookies uh, being back, or at least there were one back. even book online, or book, you can bet online all of the time. Uh, So with the horses back, and of course, soccer back last night, apparently one punter put down a five euro bet. I don't know what a five euro, I don't know what a a five euro bet on a one euro each way accumulator is, I haven't a clue, but uh, it was a fiver, it was on Royal Ascot, and he got 7,400, so his horses came in, and of course, sport turned uh, another page last night with soccer coming back and I know that there was was some sort of controversy with regards to the um, VAR technology not doing its job, but soccer came back to empty stadiums last night, night, and all of the sports pages carry that in quite some detail.
3: The Neil
4: Prenderville Show.
3: With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers.
2: Lines open, 1850 104 106 You can text 086-8104-106. So what you won't see in the papers this morning, but we'll hear on radio, is that a male guard has been shot dead in County Roscommon. Now, a man's been arrested following the shooting. It was in Castlereagh, County Roscommon. And what we know at this stage is that the guard was on duty last night. He came across something on the main street in Castlereagh in County Roscommon, close to the guard station. And he was in the course of dealing with this situation. He was an armed guard. And it developed into some sort of a physical altercation. Uh, the um, person that he was dealing with managed to get his firearm off him he managed to take his gun from him and he was shot and critically injured with his own weapon apparently there was an ambulance close by and emergency services got to the scene quickly but the Garda passed away uh, the area has been sealed off now there's technical exams and things like that um, a man's been arrested in connection with the with the shooting and the death of the guard, and he's been taken to Castle Re Garda station um, what we know at this stage is that the Guard was aged in his late 40s. He was a, a detective and they will confirm his identity once his family have been informed. I was reading this morning that he is the 89th member of angarda Shikona to die in the line of duty since the formation of the guarda Shikona. Isn't that a very, very high number? 89 members of the Guardi. And then angarda Shikona press released a statement regarding the sadness of the force confirming the death of a colleague following fatal gunshot wounds received in Castle Ray, or Yesh uh, or Evan The Minister for Justice has released a statement as well, talking about his shock and, and sadness. And then the GRA, the Garda Representative Association, have done likewise. He, apparently they say that the Garda who died was a native of County Mayo, joined on Garda Síochána in 1995, was an experienced detective, greatly respected by his colleagues. He survived by his father, his sister, and his four brothers um, hasn't been named yet but survived by his dad, his sister and his four brothers um, there are some audio clips coming out as well uh, regarding the death of the, of the Garda um, and uh, I've got them here on a hotkey. Uh, let me just have a look at them here and see what we got, first one is uh, Irish independent journalist in, in Castle Ray, uh, she says the area has been sealed off this morning are these left to right, yeah? They're left to right? hope they are. Let's have a listen to this.
5: Main Street and St. Patrick's Street, which are the two main arteries in the town, are completely blocked off by Gardaí. As we we're reporting now as well, forensic investigators and the Garda Technical Bureau have, have arrived at the scene as well. But effectively, the main the main street in the town, that's been completely blocked off by Gardaí. But undoubtedly, I mean, a huge, huge shock to, to the town of Castlereagh. It's a very, very quiet town, a very small town. The community here is very close and, and, and no doubt it, it can be rocked.
2: Charlie Flanagan um, made a statement earlier on this morning, the Minister for Justice. This is just 20 seconds of that. Well, it's shocking news
6: emanating from the west of Ireland, from Castlereagh and County Roscommon overnight, uh, with the tragic killing uh, of a member of Angarda Shia Khanh uh, while working in the course of his duty. Today, our thoughts and prayers are, are with the family and friends uh, of the Garda, uh, indeed with the wider Garda family
2: local Roscommon Fine Gael, TD is a chap by the name of Frank Fehan uh, and he also spoke about the the shock in the community this morning waking up to this news just a shock and sadness uh, coming from Caslida this morning and um, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers
7: with the family and loved ones of this Garda and his brave colleagues and friends this man was killed in the line of duty it's a terrible price to pay uh, it's just a huge tragedy and um, again um, Huge shock in this area.
2: Monday's programme, actually, I was talking with a caller on the air considering all of the stuff that was going on in the city and all of the muggins and thugs and drinking and stabbings and cargilline and gangs and stuff like that and somebody said to me on the air you know the next time you're going to be talking about this is probably when a guard will be killed that was a monday here we are on thursday talking about a guard being killed now the parish priest uh, in the areas of father john mcmanus apparently he was one of the first on the scene because he was called to the scene i suppose uh, to give last rites. and here's a clip of him from this morning
4: it's a very sad day a very sad
8: morning um I was called to the scene last night to um, administer last rites, very sadly, and I I know the community will awake and the parish this morning to this very sad and, and shocking news.
2: I our thoughts are with this family and indeed all members of the Garda Shekana who are probably grieving a colleague this morning. If there's updates on that throughout the course of the morning, then we'll bring it to air. But our lines are open at 1850 104 We'll pick it up after the break. I want to turn back to something I mentioned earlier on. And that's, you know, somebody going about their business, set upon and stabbed m- multiple times.
3: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red
2: FM. Luke, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks so much for taking the call. Um, I just wanted to catch up with you regarding the, uh, GoFundMe page you set up for that lad who was badly injured down in Carrigaline, you know, the knife attack. Um, yes, yes, and yes. And then lo and behold, I realized that you yourself had been some, through something similar, um, about seven years ago. Am I right?
1: You're right, Chad. Yeah, that would be correct, Neil. Yeah. What happened? Um, Well, it was back in 2012, coming on 2013, um, myself and a cousin were on the way over to his place um, to just have a couple of drinks after the pub, uh, as you would, and um, we met a well-known guy that would also be well-known for similar attacks, um, one of which was in the city centre on a taxi driver a few years back. Um, there was words exchanged. He was obviously looking for a confrontation, um, to which he got some to a certain degree. And then we tried to defuse the situation. Um, but on, on, unbeknownst to us, I wasn't allowed to do that. And, um, I was struck with a bottle in the face, which, um, it was a full bottle. So on impact, it opened up my whole left hand side of my face, uh, to which it was a millimetre away from losing my eye. Um, I received about uh, 30, 36 um, stitches between internal and externally, and um, it was I, I think it was a seven and a half or eight hour operation I had to get as a result of that uh, but yeah. There,
2: yeah. You, they, were, they, you were actually you were actually walking away at the time, I believe, and uh, you were smashed in the back of the head first, weren't you
1: yeah, um, at, at the at the beginning, in the beginning, we were looking to to go for um, just a look, just you know, said your piece, head home kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and in the end, I turned my back, which was which was a, a mistake in general. Uh, should, as they say, you should never turn a back on an opposer. Um, and did
2: the bottle smash on the back of your head? And did he use the bottle then, the jagged bottle glass, to stab you?
1: The bottle was smashed off the back of my head first, and um, when I realised I, I like I went down and I started patting the back of my head to check if I was bleeding, and as I turned to to confront him and as I grabbed him, um, another bottle met my face. Then again, and that's the one that done the the, the major damage, you know.
2: Thirty six
1: stitches all around the face. Was it? Um the the on the scar if you if um I try to get a picture into you um of the scar, it's on the left hand side coming down from my eyelid, down down past my left cheek, down towards my jawline.
2: Did you did you lose a lot of blood? Did you pass out? Did your friend call yeah, the guards um, or what happened?
1: The guards, the the guard. I, I actually don't know who rang the guards that night, but um, and on, on arrival of the guards, the armed response, and I think there was another two or three guard, uh guard cars responded to that as well. Um, I was making my way up home because. I was like, look, I'm, I'm just going to try and evade not getting in trouble because I initially thought I was the one that was going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um. Be- because as you would like being a youngster, you, yeah. you, you want to avoid the, the guards at all. Po- yeah. at all you probably didn't actually
2: realise how bad the the, uh, the damage was at that stage either.
1: I didn't realize at all. The guard stopped me. He said, he said, you sit down there. He says, you can't move. I said, look, I says, I'm just going home. I says, I'll get a couple of paper stitches on it, put on it by my mom and that'll be fine. He said, no, you need to go to the hospital. And before I knew it, I passed out against the guard care. And um, when I got to the hospital and I woke up after the surgery, they said I was possibly uh, three quarters of an hour away from bleeding out.
2: And and certainly and certainly you know that's bad. But you know, even if you survived, you could have lost your eye, right?
1: Exactly. I was. Um, they, they said I was just just one millimeter away from losing my left eye.
2: And did they work on the scarring? Did you get plastic surgery, or have you to live with scarring after that?
1: I got the initial surgery, and after that, they they offered they offered me nothing. Um, I believe if they if I wanted to get. Um, the the scar rectified they, it's called scar revision is what they call it uh, where they cut out the scar tissue and they they rejoin the skin with a laser. Um, they do it down in town in the old Beamish the Beamish building there across the way from College of Commerce. Um, but if I wanted to do get that done, I would have had to take a civil case against him. Right to get Uh, because they need paying get that right yeah yeah exactly Uh, it costs costs roughly about two and a half half thousand for for the scar to be taken away so you have
2: the scar you have to live with it i mean there was the physical aspect of it but uh, you know did it change your life Has, has it affected your life psychologically has it had a mental impact upon you
1: for years, um, for years, it, it, it drastically impacted my life because there was a certain level of uh, self self blame and um, resentment towards the scar. Um, as I say, like you, when you people judge you when they when they see you first, they think, oh, they, he must have deserved it. He must be a, he must be a scumbag. He must be a thug. He must have been into robberies or he must have been into drugs or something like that. But um, like the the mental aspect of it is huge because uh, not only the resentment but the anxiety, the social anxiety that that, that surrounds it as well is is is, is huge. And um, you don't want to go out and socialize in groups anymore for fear of being judged or for similar situ being caught in a similar situation. And um, like. I've, I've been to, I've, I've, I've had my fair share of mental battles myself. I've been to the likes of Pieta House. I've seen lads in Pieta House. I got a bit of counseling afterwards, uh, to which I kind of, I had to pull away from and self-evaluate myself. And, um, I found meditation actually, believe it or not, to yeah, be, yeah. to be a, a big healer for that, um, self-wellness. Um, done a, a bit of a wellness course but I found in the gym also for me helped a lot because of the endorphins that it releases and everything else and you take that once you're going to the gym and you're working out and you're around positive people uh, that gets you in a positive mind frame that kind of picks your spirits up and gives you a sense of pride then again you know
2: fair play to you for taking that action you know fair play for you because you didn't give up on it I I think that you were I think you were also saying that unfortunately you look at photographs of the old you and you realize oh I'm not that person anymore well physically you're not that person I think you're probably a much better person incidentally if you don't mind me saying it you know
1: Exactly. Um, I'm a lot more uh, understanding, and a, a lot more. Um, I feel a lot more empathy towards people that would be caught in similar situations, or or would be self conscious about a scar, or, or or something similar to that effect. You know, Neil.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah. what one one major one major thing that thing that I've I've learned is um, how easy it is to fall into a dysfunctional coping mechanism. Yeah. Um, in the, in the, the early
2: uh, days after it, did you have problems?
1: Yeah, I did have problems. Um, no, mainly with alcohol. Uh, afterwards, I became um, how would you say a, a problem drinker? Yeah. Um, not 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 so much an alcoholic, but when you would drink, um, the anxiety would be followed up by anger, into which then it would cause uh, external uh, issues within my life. You know. To the point of where, where I would have picked up and I, I did come into the interest of the guards and things like that, but, um. It's kind of understandable
2: though, you know, it really is understandable if you went off the rails. It really is, you know, considering you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Was there, was there any court action, incidentally?
1: Um, no, um, right. because of what went on and um, in the ma- frame of mind that I was in at that time, I just kind of wanted to get along with my life. Okay. I wanted to kind of just. I wanted to wake up and start a fresh slate. But little did I know that for four four or five years down the line, I would be battling with my own self. And I picked up a lot of demons from it. I would be battling with myself. If I had my time over, I probably would have went down the legal route. Uh, and in that way, then I could have got the help that I would have needed initially, but rather than waiting for myself to mature enough to realize that I need the help.
2: I know you were young. You were young. What do you what do you think of the amount of certainly knife crime that we're hearing about these days? Uh, and, and, you know, do you think a lot of it has is, is come over from the UK and the, and the whole gang culture? Does it does it concern you?
1: Um, it does concern me drastically because as a father of two myself um i i I look at it and i I wonder what's it gonna be like when when my kids grow up and they, they just they're into the pre adolescent stage and they they're they're popping around as youths um what what kind of um what kind of hurdles are they gonna face who are they gonna uh, are come they up gonna against
2: be, against as they go about exactly. their life innocently yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly, and what I've seen, like this, is all a facade and things like that. That is pushing in from the UK because, as you can see, significantly, um, gang and knife culture has risen significantly in the in the last number of years within the UK and England, and it is pushing across the borders here. And if if you ask me, it's. It's all of a, it's a bravado, it's a bravado effect. Um, They want to show off. They want to be like the lads that they see on the TV. I know. And they want to to have that stamp about themselves. I believe they're calling themselves roadmen now these days. I think that uh, many people
2: want anybody that's caught in possession of a weapon to automatically be jailed. But the issue here is if they're juveniles, what do you do with them, you know? But they want sentences to be tougher.
1: If if they are a juvenile, um, number one, Neil, I would always recommend education, 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 educate the youth on the dysfunctional behaviours that they that they're they're, they're they're conducting themselves in. Um, have more um, programs, I would say, to where you could bring a youth into a prison. Uh, do you ever see that on TV? You see yeah, them inside in, yeah, yeah, on yeah, TV yeah. Um, to where they they bring you almost as if a scare tactic, a know, scare tactic. Yeah, um, they have to they have to see the 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 end product of the the route that they're or going or where down. they're going to end
2: up. And can I ask you, do your kids, end- your kids ask you about the scarring?
1: Yeah, my son, he's two. Um, he's he. My, no, my daughter is too young to understand at the moment. But my son, um, he he'd often ask daddy, what happened to your face? And I just have to kind of laugh it off and fob it off, and I always tell him, "Oh, I wasn't listening to Nana, when, and when she told me stop running, and I fell." You know, something something simple like that. But as he comes of age, I have to come to terms with yeah, the fact that yeah, yeah. I am I am going to have to explain somewhere down the line and let him know this this is this is what happens if you decide to put a knife or a bottle and strike somebody in the face with it or anywhere around their body. I you know, I know, I
2: know. I know yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's it like it's one thing going out and having a, a set of fisty cuffs with a guy but it's another thing then when when, when you're going out there it's a, it's intent to murder then when when and you're bringing you, a knife do you, you're,
2: do you feel that people are looking at you wondering and do people ask you
1: yeah, people. You'd always um, it'd be on a night out, or if you're in a pub and you get talking to a certain, uh, you you'd always meet friendly people out, and you're having conversations just just about miscellaneous things. And there's always that one person that would turn around and say, "Oh, what happened to your face?" You know. What so do you say initially that um, I t- I turn around, I try and make light of it. I would say, "Oh, I felt sharpish," or cut oh, myself oh, shaving. Oh, yeah, I caught myself shaving things like that, you know. I tried to make light of it. I don't, I try not to get offended by it, but sometimes it's easier said than done, you know.
2: You're carrying but it with you. Oh my God. The consequences exactly. of that one action. My God. And listen, the, um, the GoFundMe page, fair play to you. I was just interested in looking at the GoFundMe pages because, you know, there's one or two of them seem to be, could be dodgy. Yours certainly isn't. Mm. Clearly it's legit. So fair play <laughs> to you on it.
1: No. As you can see, it's modest. It's um, it's not growing at a an outrageous pace at the moment. Which I would love to get more people behind it. Well, um, I have heard heard of one or two um, one two GoFundMe pages that could have possibly yeah. been fraudulently set up with not the greatest of intentions behind them. No, mine mine is modest. I um I would love to make contact with the parents once we reach a, a certain target and limit that I have set on it. But I would love it to grow as to, to the full potential that it could grow. But well, listen, I want to show this.
2: Yeah, let's do that. Let's because you you believe that this young man might blame himself for the scars if they're scarring for the rest of his life. He might have um, a mental impact after an incident like that, and the GoFundMe could go some way to help him in his recovery. How can people? How can exactly. people contribute? Is it gofundme.com forward slash something or other?
1: Uh, it's go, Gofundme, uh, GoFundMe um, um, forward slash Caragline um, Stab Victim. Okay, my and, um, man. And if, if, you, if, you, if you go on to the gofundme.com website and just type in Caragline Stab Victim, you will see it. And um, if anybody wants to contact me on Facebook, uh, they can get onto my Facebook page and they can, they can contribute through that. I've been sharing it throughout, um, certain, um, media outlets, okay. like buy and sell pages and things like that. And what Facebook is your Facebook also. page? Is it Luke something or other? <laughs> Lucas O'Crohor is um is, is my is my Facebook. Lucas O'Crohor, Oscar. You fair play oh, to you. Oscar, yeah. All
2: yeah. right. Listen, you you're a great guy and I'm sure you're a great dad. It's lovely catching up for you. I'm delighted that you turned your life around mm-hmm. and you didn't uh, you didn't drown under what you were carrying with uh, with so much yeah. weight upon your head. But fair play to you. Uh, let's uh, let's help out with the GoFundMe. People can get involved if so wish. And all the best of luck to you, Luke, all right?
1: Thanks very much, Neil. I appreciate it. Have a nice day, Neil. You too. God bless. This is the Neil
9: Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. Okay. 104
2: to 106 Red FM. Pick up the phone. Text 0868104106. People are already with regards to uh, that unfortunate and very sad killing uh, of a Garda Shikana member up the country. Uh, the Garda Gardi get an awful lot of bad press. Um, the problem in this country is the judges handing down ridiculous sentences, if anything, Uh, Things have to change before we have another tragedy like this, says Anthony. A male Garda shot dead in County Roscommon. He was an armed Garda, but he went to uh, investigate something in the town uh, close to the Garda station. He was on his own. Uh, He called for backup, but he was on his own. And whatever physical altercation took place, the person that he was dealing with got his gun off him and shot him a number of times. He died at the scene. Uh, PJ McNamara is down in yaw. PJ, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, what do you make of that? It's pretty tra- it's tragic, isn't it? Eight, eight, 89 guards now killed uh, in the line yeah. of duty since the formation of the guardie Go ahead.
10: Yeah, but Neil, you know, the, 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 when the, I work in the security industry, so I would uh, I, I deal with the guards up and down, you know.
2: And we now know the guard's name, actually. Uh, The Red FM newsroom here tell me that the Garda who died after he was shot in Roscommon has been named as Detective Garda Cullum Horkin, uh, a 24-year veteran of the force. He's not 24 years old, but he's 24 years in the force, and this is now a murder investigation. Okay, go ahead.
10: Yeah, it's terribly sad, but, you know, Neil, you see people walking out of court over serious serious charges, like the incident down in Carrigaline, for instance, the guy who who perpetrated and done that actually walked out. All right,
2: of well, court. listen, we won't even bother going there because that's an issue regarding bail, so we'll have to wait <laughs> for the court case. This isn't really about sentencing now. This is about giving respect to the guardie, because, you know, you have guards, you have paramedics, you have uh, people who were involved in, um, you know, the fire brigade, uh, to a lesser extent, I suppose, Gardie, sorry, to a lesser maybe paramedics and, 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 and doctors and nurses who go out every morning and could actually lose their life.
10: Lose their lives in the line of duty. I mean, at the end of the day, Neil, all they're trying to do is is help the community. You know, you get a paramedic there who gets called to a, a whatever incident and maybe they wind up getting attacked. Firemen, we hear of it all the time, but firemen... Going into a state—that's that's, that's true. The yeah, they get bottled. And, and, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bottles, so I mean, it has to boil back down to parenting or something to that effect. Because you know, I have—I've have grown up family myself. Thankfully, none of them have ever stood inside a courtroom. I wouldn't have it. You know, when I was younger, Neil, about about 16 years of age, I was fighting outside a pub in a little village up in Leash called Balnick Hill. Yeah. It's a little, I suppose, one pub, one shop kind of thing. Now, the local guard, Sergeant Kane, was his name. He came along and I felt a hand on my back and the fellow I was fighting with, which went on to be good friends afterwards. Sergeant Kane brought us down beside the pub and he banged our heads together. Physically? Physically banged our heads together, yeah. Just enough to cause to give us a headache for about two days. Yeah. But do you know the threat that he, he left me with? He says to me, "Master you a little effort." He says, "I have told you this is before about misbehaving in my town." Now he said, "If I catch you doing this again, he says, I'll tell your mother." Now I had some hope with the law of the land. I had none with the mother. <laughs> she would have killed me. You see, it's, you know, it's very different it times name, She's forty she, odd year dead, and you know what? She'd get a clatter me somehow if I'd done it nine
2: fifty. Even from the grave, she'd get you. <laughs> Even from the grave, she'd get or oh, She'd she'd get me all right. But you see that there were different times, really, and parenting has very much changed, and it wouldn't be acceptable now for parents in the modern age to allow anybody else to lay a hand upon their child.
10: Yeah, and look, I, going to school. I came. It was at the latter end of the corporal punishment, but I'm not saying. You know, I'm not saying that you should beat somebody senseless. But I got a kick up the behind when I was growing up. Or I got a clip around the ear hole yeah, if I'd yeah. done something wrong. Yeah, I've, but I've, uh, I've had a good life.
2: Yeah, but I I don't think, looking back actually to, say for instance, uh, episodes in, in secondary school where there was a lot of pain inflicted upon students with all sorts of different weaponry by lay teachers and Christian brothers. Yeah, and and right. I can't have, having gone through that myself, I can't for a moment stand over it as being something that I'd like to see now. It was cruelty.
10: Oh, it was cruelty, yeah. Yeah, but the corner of the ruler on, on the top of the yeah. head and all that kind of thing. You know, it, it was definitely cruelty. No, I didn't witness that. It
2: um, was barbaric, like, in the sense that they oh, they, barbaric, they, they, yeah. they treated some students as if they weren't even human, you know.
10: Mm-hmm. Well, I know that I was born in Sean Ross Abbey, nearly 1964. And the school I went to, I was known as the the B-word. I was known as the B-word in the community. Why? Um, Because my dad wasn't around. Oh, okay. Okay. I was the the B-A-S-T-A-R-D. And were you called that by people? Oh, on several occasions, yes.
2: And you knew what it meant and everything, did you?
10: Oh, at the time, I didn't, but I wasn't long about finding out. You know, why'd you call me that? I you have no father.
2: And then would it lead to would it lead to a fight?
10: Yeah, it would lead to a fight. I would leave, wind up with, with me crying over. But you know, I had one incident. But sure,
2: that was taught by it's adults taught children to, to call you
10: those names. Of course, it was. You're no child, no child knows. You see, two children playing like black and white. Child, they'll play. There's no difference. You see a children a Catholic, a Protestant child playing, they don't know any difference. This is bad into them when they grow up, yeah, in, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: which, That kind of precedent is wrong.
10: Yeah, yeah. But there was one evening I was coming home from school and my I was coming home with a bunch of friends and one of them hit my sister Martina, really my aunt, but I was raised as their brother and I still am their brother, you know, they still refer to me as their brother. But he hit her and I hit the guy back and I was coming home and his mother was out on the road and she said to me did you hit my John and I said I did Mrs. Carl. and she said why I said because he hit my sister Mm. and she said go away you F&B she says you don't you don't know who owns you yeah I know I know horrid I was was, was nine years of age Neil and totally destroyed you know totally destroyed but you know look you, you put experience of that
2: behind you and and you move on. Here's the question with regards to uh, the Garda, and this will probably be subject to an investigation. Why was he on his own? Why was he patrolling on his own? Is this an example of Garda cutbacks, that you would have a Garda out on his own or out on her own? Surely they're supposed to be in pairs. That's what I'd like to know. Well, yeah. you'd there you'd a, If it's... there was two and they're supposed to be twos, um, this p- perhaps could have been avoided. Is this, a, is this a result of Garda cutbacks, I wonder?
10: I would well I would well believe it. I'd i I'd well believe it is. And you'd imagine I presume the the officer in question was um uh, response unit. Don't I no an armed Don't, he, was, uh, he
2: was certainly an armed detective, yes, we do know that. Twenty four years well, he was an force. armed detective, sorry, I just came in late on the story yeah, actually. Yeah. 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 You'd imagine with an armed detective being on his own like you know. Perhaps armed detectives are upon their own. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Okay, let me get some more calls. and appreciate it. Thank you so much. Regards to you all down uh, down east lines. Open to 1850-104-106. Text 86 106 We know the guard's name now as being a good detective guard, Colm Horkin um, from, um, I think he was from the, the west of Ireland, I believe, but was stationed in Roscommon. And 24 years on the force. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868 104 106 and pick up the phone on 1850 104 106. Lots of, lots of texts on different topics of conversation as well. But if you don't mind, we were out and about yesterday, and I want to do this before time gets away from me. And, uh, you know, we spoke on Tuesday with Michal Martin and the fact that he's going to be the next T. Te- well, not over the line yet, but it's getting. It'll be close, and probably will be the the next T And of course, he'll be the first Taoiseach on Lee Side since 1979. And I was interested in what Carconians made uh, of the news. Uh, Seamus Whelan was out on uh, the city streets yesterday morning. He's a Corky, and uh, hopefully, he'll bring things Corkway as well. You know,
6: now we can get some s- some of the resources uh, Corkway, but uh, it's a very kind of parochial thing to say. But all. All leaders and all ministers say the same thing. They just won't
11: admit it, you know what I mean?
6: Sinn Féin and Mary Lou, well, she, she, she's, she'll she be the leader of the opposition now when this goes ahead, I suppose. With everything that's going on with COVID-19 and the government and, you know, trying to get together and stuff like that, uh, she's just waiting in the wings. And maybe, I think, in a couple of years' time, she could well be leader herself you know
10: Michael Martin when I tell you, you know, sorry, Speaking, there was an article on the paper the other night uh, that uh, he'd be like he'll, 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 uh, he'd be like Jack Lynch well I'm going to tell you Michael Martin will never finish shoes never as far as I'm concerned because Jack Lynch was a very honest man and a great corkman and there'll be no one, no one ever fill his shoes. It should be one party, one state, bought in and bought them out. Give everybody enough, give them a decent living, and look after the people who are down and out. There's enough of them in Cox City here, living in, 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 in alcoves and everything else. Jesus, to all these people, they're all own flesh and blood. They had mothers and fathers too and they should be all well looked after take it in put it into a nice home and give them a second chance
12: I'm very proud to be Cork at the moment I think it's time for more of a blend and to leave the past behind us with you know Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. you know you can't beat experience even as a mother I think most of them are there for the good of the people and their own constituencies they're unique people really because they never get any great gratitude or thanks infrastructure is important and just to get the hospital even the, just to get the CUH right you know it's a huge hospital it's very hard to manage it anyway that would bring us all a bit of peace
4: he couldn't care less about anything is, he just wants to be a teacher he's a soul to the devil it's a, to be a teacher don't think he's any benefit. and I'm living in Bellinock like so no benefit whatsoever I think everything goes to Dublin I think it's a joke I think the Green Party will as they always do pull up taxes crop prices because they want the policies brought in and the Ardeguy industry prepare for all their changes and all their green policies like the always do I think Sinn Féin should have come along and made more of an effort that so the last time they ran away I think this time they just made noises and did nothing about it
12: don't think he does anything for Cork and every time he's actually went up for election he's promised come round to my door, I'm actually co- one of his constituents he's come round to my door promised this and just write. I'm back turned on it People voted for change, we didn't get it I mean, I was always feeling a Myself, my family were feeling a boy. I didn't vote from last time out either one of them I'm disgusted with the way they're running the country to the ground There's millions going out here, millions going out there They're not looking after people on their homeless, they're not looking after people that are losing their homes The Green Party, I mean, they're taxing ordinary people like us um, Big corporations are not paying their taxes they're supposed to be there. They're supposed to be our caretakers. They're supposed to be there to look after us. And they don't put any, of, anything like that, that is important to the people. They're just not interested in it. Mary Lou is a very good representative, I think. She speaks very well. and She doesn't stutter over any questions she's asked. And I think she does have the best interest of people at heart. Well, I think
11: Cork will benefit by all means. And I think in relation to my Mountain, the next Taoiseach, I think that's something that we needed for a long, long time. Because Jack Lynch is out since the 70s, like, and I think it'll, change, it'll be a whole change for the country, but I just think the whole man needs to step up and say what he's going to do, instead of giving all these people all this negativity. They're saying things that they will do things, and then when it comes down to doing it, they don't do it all. You see the hospitals at the moment, you see the education departments, none of them seem to be working. Like, but they made all these promises with the Green Party, and if they can achieve that, there'll be a great government there. Like. So they need to work as one, like. And I don't know why they're excluding everyone else. The, independ- or, uh, the Sinn Féin, they're excluding all, all of their members of Parliament from what they're doing. Like everyone should be brought into the meeting. They should be all negotiated as one, as one team. And without them working the way they're working in the last 10 years, has been on negativity for this country. The hospitals at the moment are hemorrhaging from the seams. They need to step up. To that. That's one of the most crucial things in this country. They're spending two billion on a hospital and the brick hasn't gone into the ground. And it's not the government's fault. There's a crisis that came here. right there. I think that the government at this time, Leo Overadge and friends, dealt with this in the best he could, and he done a fantastic job. Mihal Mountain stepped up to the plate, and Don Bob was asked of him, and they all done the same. But as in regards to Mihal Mountain being coming to shock, I think it's a great asset for this country. And I think he do a great job. OK, so let's see what happens in the future. Thank you to all of those who spoke to Seamus yesterday. I'm getting
2: some texts in from uh, Stryker, and I'm getting some texts in from staff members at Tupuy. Uh, the Stryker texts are saying, I'm writing because Stryker has let go 40 staff in Cork as of Tuesday. I was one of those unlucky ones. Um, it's disappointing, as I was worried about this. But when I looked at their stock price, it was on the rise. And it seems as if things were on the up. The government would even have paid us until the end of August if they kept us on. Some of us have kids. Some of us have mortgages. It's very disappointing that the company as big as Stryker couldn't keep us on when so many smaller family-run businesses are trying their utmost to keep going. Well done to every business that is fighting. do give up my details as I would like to work in the sector again. And I don't want to burn any bridges. Somebody lost their job as Stryker. Another one, just letting you know that Stryker on the Model Farm Road are letting people go due to the pandemic. Friend of mine just got let go today. All his colleagues who started at the same time were also let go. Uh, just thought it might be something of interest as many businesses return to work. And some are just now starting to get into making hard decisions, like Stryker are doing. Uh, Depuy is another one, um, and they're on lease side. They're actually talking about a thirty-six million euro expansion. They're located down in the harbour with over a thousand jobs. Please don't give up my personal details; there would be repercussions because I'm still here. But Depuy in Ringaskiddy have laid off seventy-four contract employees on temporary layoffs to avail of the COVID payments. They've been treated horribly and were only given hours of notification. That's on top of 91 who were treated in the same manner four or five weeks ago. So that brings the total layoffs recently at the plant to 165. Pretty depressing. Anyway, come back to me on that if you have any updates on, on layoffs in different jobs or different industries. Depressing and negative and all as it is. Text 0868104106. Lots to do between now and midday. And, of course, all the confusion regarding pubs and restaurants and stuff like that. Your calls and some publicans after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show.
3: With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Now, come
2: back to your calls in a few minutes' time. Just give me a few minutes' time. That uh, Dame Vera Lynn story actually is dominating uh, the British news right now. And it's all over sky and what have you. She died at the age of 103. She started her career very, very young. She was only seven. The Force of Sweetheart went on then to sell millions of records by the age of 22. I think she sold a million at the age of 22, bought her parents a house out of the proceeds, bought herself a car uh, and she was in great form. I mean, up, even up to a couple of weeks ago, she was giving interviews because there was a lot of historic significant, significant events in, uh, you know, regarding the war, the Second World War. And the First World War this year, and she was part of much of that. And uh, was hundred and three years old when she passed away. The uh, she was actually more popular with the British forces back during the war than Bing Crosby was. And she was a real. She lifted the spirits in the hearts of the forces, and she toured overseas. Um, and she was an amazing character. Hundred and three passed away. Uh, This morning, big news in the UK. You know, you talk about the the death of uh, Garda, Detective Garda, and you wonder, is it to do with, uh, you know, issues regarding cutbacks? And at the same time, then, we hear of, uh, you know, TDs and ministers taking wage increases and saying, oh, we can do nothing about the wage increases. We have to take them. It's part of the public sector pay agreement thing. Uh, It's all about the optics, really. So, on the one hand, you see, uh, you know, and then on top of that, do local councillors, if they book, if they back the party deals now between Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, and the Greens, they get an 8,000 euro pay rise. Now, very, very quiet about this, all local councillors, none of them coming out screaming and roaring and saying, This is wrong, considering before 10 o'clock I told you about job layoffs because of uh, the pandemic. Um, I got an interesting text here saying, uh, don't give up my details, whatever you do, but that Garda was on his own last night when he was tragically murdered. And I think it could be to do with there have been recent changes in Garda rostering. The working unit now is split So it starts and finishes at different times and that potentially will leave members of the force on their own for periods of time during the day and night. That will leave members attending emergency calls on their own and with no backup, especially in rural areas. Uh, All this to save a few euro from the government. So there you have it there, working units split up so members of the force could well be on their own. Uh, with no backup, I think that um, you know he did call for backup before he was tragically killed and murdered, but it was too late to save his life. Lines were open on that one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. I see a lot of text coming in on it. And we'll read those between now and midday, maybe get some calls on it, but um I mentioned, and we dealt with this yesterday with some publicans on Lee side, and when we were talking yesterday, we were talking about pubs reopening if they serve food Monday week for ninety minutes, and that the one meter rule the two meter might go to one might go to one meter. We can now say that it will go to one meter. I can tell you now that it'll go from ninety minutes to one hundred and five um and that you know that this will be pubs who up until now also had food and kitchens and HACCP stuff and HSE and things like that, but that they have to have meals and that something on the menu must cost a substantial meal, um, as in a good meal uh, for lunch and uh, and dinner, nine euro. But I imagine many of the restaurants involved and the pubs will have extensive menus, but there's this nine euro thing which equates back to the days when we had shillings where, you know, establishments had to provide a substantial meal in the middle of the day, uh, for people who are out working and wanted to have a bit of food. So it's an old law that they're using, but it's caused all sorts of chaos. And I was wondering this morning, like, what's it actually going to mean? You know, is it, is it, you know, like, does it mean now? That coronavirus can't be spread between people in 105 minutes, and that it it could in 110 minutes. Um, but I wonder also how many publicans on Lee Side are actually going to bother opening. Um, the general consensus yesterday was one of, of happiness for those that are big enough to open, I suppose. Michael O'Donovan's is the Cork City Chairperson at the Vintners Federation on Lee Side and joins me again, one of numerous visits to the program over the past few months. So, Michael, good morning. Good morning Neil. The gen- good the general consensus yesterday morning from some of the public as I spoke to well if they 're opening they 're happy to open john o 's in Douglas spa Montgomery, and Clancy 's stuff like that i mean what do you make of it? like the papers this morning say it'll cause chaos and pub crawls
13: yes look i i, I um having read the protocols last night when we got them a little after nine o'clock, it did come into everybody's head that um if people are, I suppose, smart, then people will be doing this, making their bookings, that um, 105 minutes, they have uh, their meal, they have a few drinks, they'll move to another location for another 105 minutes, uh, if there's capacity there for them to, to get into that. Well, in, adv- in way in
2: advance of their night out, they'll say, I'll book the first pub, and then yeah. Michael, you, will you book the second one then, and John, will you book the third, and we're laughing then for four or five hours.
13: It is, uh, it, and look, I think compared to other sectors, um, and listening to the experts, I suppose that's probably going against what they were saying um, all along. But I think it, uh, we were taken a bit by surprise with this hundred and five minute rule put into it. Uh, even the ninety minute rule that was leaked on uh, Tuesday night, and um, we were saying that was that was uh, a bit unusual. And do
2: you have any idea why they opted to
13: one hundred and five? We we don't like. Uh, I suppose there uh, a couple of weeks ago they were talking about a two hour rule, and um, in the hospitality trade. And I think if you read it there, it's a hundred and five minutes plus fifteen minutes to clean down the, the 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 table, and also to let people exit and enter without crossing over. So I think that's where they're getting their two hour rule, and they just took the fifteen minutes out of it to make. But, it,
2: but surely you must 15, have 15 some minutes. idea as to why they're putting a time limit at all, because. The virus doesn't have a time, limit. It doesn't matter whether it's the five minutes or 105
13: minutes. No, it's not. And, Neil, I suppose the one thing in all this, there uh, people in the Department of Health and the HSA have been working on guidelines. And look, I think, while they might sound very good on paper, uh, the practicality of it, it's going to be very difficult. We're now they're being put in a position to be nearly timekeepers and referees to, to watch people. And if you have a bar with 60, 70 people in it, trying to time all different groups. Uh, They haven't thought of the practicalities of these uh, things for it. So it it is going to be even quite difficult to keep timings of, of all the groups in a place.
2: Because of the public reaction to this and all of the column inches and talk on radio and television, one of two things could happen, right? They could scrap the 105 minutes and say, look, anybody that's got food... Conserve drink and make sure you have bookings and limit your table spaces, or else they could say we're going to scrap this idea and just park it until all the pubs can
13: open at a later date. Well, I suppose look, they've issued the guidelines now, Neil, for the 29th of June, and it's been on the roadmap that the, the pubs that do food can open on the 29th of June. These guidelines are only for the pub, those pubs and we still have no guidelines for the other pubs, uh, i.e. even myself, my own pub for the 20th of July. We still have no guidelines for that date. So we would hope to get those guidelines as soon as possible so we can start working on our preparations. But look, most of the pubs, as you spoke to colleagues of mine yesterday, uh, they've all done work. They've all got ready to, and I think, um, they'll, they'll be ready for 29th come what may.
2: The 29th Monday week, come what may. How will they manage their lose, though? I mean, what? Do, 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 how does somebody get up from the table and, and go and visit their bathroom, do you
13: know? Yeah, well, they, they have uh, protocols in it for cleaning after that. You have to clean the... No, but is uh, it one person cleaning. in, one person out? I'm just curious. Well, it, it's just, it's not in the protocols, uh, okay. Neil. It's just about you don't know. Uh, cleaning it. Yeah, okay. so, like, I suppose each, each premises will have to devise their own... Um, uh, take on that but like it's just done for the cleaning and disinfectant disinfecting of the toilets will have to be done twice uh, thoroughly during the day. What about
2: time uh, the time that food stops? If a bar is open till half past 12 on a Friday or Saturday night, does food have to continue till then? I mean, wh- what's the idea? Yeah,
13: look, there, there is no closing times uh, in this document. So, like, a, a bar will operate within their own licensing parameters So, whatever license they have. So, uh, my take on it is if they do food up to um, whatever time they want to do food, that's really the length of time. And if they go uh, look, they've it, been talked about a restaurant. Like part of a restaurant license is that you can still finish your meal and finish your alcohol, say thirty minutes after your meal. So, like that would have to be built into whatever time they're closing. So, if if they do food I, until twelve o'clock, um, I would take it that they. Yeah, but they don't
2: though. It's primarily. It's usually eight or nine, isn't it? He's saying that they'll <laughs> extend the no, or I after would... nine o'clock, they'll offer you the nine euro dish or something.
13: I would think that bars will be doing that uh, in the coming weeks uh, to to keep, to keep their establishments open longer. And also, I suppose, it'll, it'll depend on demand, Neil. If people have demand to go out, the bars will probably stay open later to meet that demand.
2: What difference does the change from two metres to one metre now distancing mean to jobs in the industry?
13: Well, look, I suppose the simple fact is at one metre... Um, bars, now will be able to reach a capacity of 65% of what they were before. So it gives us a great chance of trading through this. It's still difficult because obviously we're still losing 35%, but on the alternative of the 2 metre, you know, at best we were 50% and even lower. I think I, I spoke to you previously on we had an engineer's report on that. So, um, Look, the one metre is what we were asking for, because at least this way it makes businesses have a chance to be viable and and get going on the ninth with this one metre.
2: OK, so no no bar counter service or anything like that, only table service with staff wearing masks, is it?
13: Yes, for the ninth, it's saying that uh, it has to be table service. With the food, so um, it, it doesn't actually specify Neil that there's um, the bar counter. It just says that there's table service. So maybe if you had um, a table at a bar or something like that, you could use that area for for food as well. But it would depend on bar to bar for how they'll be able to to, to set that out.
2: And um, will there be are there cash bars or is it going to be just credit cards, debit cards?
13: Well, what they're saying in the protocols, they are they are um, emphasising where possible but a uh, uh, cashless payment, but if you do take cash, it's just suggesting that gloves are available for the staff member to take cash. So bars will be doing both; they'll be taking both cash and cashless payment. And can
2: you drink as much as you want within that period of 105 minutes?
13: Well, it doesn't uh, stipulate anything in the recalls about it. But look, I don't know how much you drink in 105 minutes. You'll. Um, the vast majority of people will probably have one, two drinks in that time. Have you and lost?
2: Have you lost your mind? One or two drinks?
13: Well, some will have more, Neil. That's undoubted. But I don't think people are going to be um, going mad in, in 105 minutes. It's it's just not uh, it's just not practical. I would suggest. Well,
2: on a pub crawl, the second 105 minutes in the second pub will cause a problem, won't it? Like the nine euros is like an admission fee now, really, isn't
13: it? Well it's just to have a have a dish of that uh, that that quantity that goes back to, as you said, there, the shillings and pence in the nineteen sixty two act, it was the only definition that they had of putting a, a quantity of uh, on it and that act was updated so I think by Michael McDouell and you know, around the time the Euro came that's in. That's right.
2: And that's why that's part of that's part of the Euro legislation. In, but, so will yeah. will will somebody then be asked to leave the table and hopefully they will go and we'll have to call it door security
13: or anything on them. Just yeah, but well, to... look, I, 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 would suggest Neil look in the coming weeks. Probably the public themselves would probably look. They're all well aware of how supermarkets have operated over the last number of weeks. Got used to the queuing system. This will be just that they'll have to book, and hopefully people will take self responsibility on it. That after their hundred and five minutes, that they would, and um, I suppose move on. And then look, if if they have other bookings, they will move to other locations. And um, but like the one thing I would say is. Um, that they'll 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 be self policing on this as well.
2: Okay, let me thanks for taking the call, Michael. Let me talk to uh, Benny McCabe, who's got many, many, many pubs on on lease side. Some do food, some don't. I'm just very curious as to what he makes of all of this. Benny, good morning. Neil, her things? Okay, some of them are food offerings, some are traditional pubs. So you're going to open some and not others, I'd imagine. Is that the case?
6: Uh, no, I mean on, on on foot on foot of what we discovered in the last 24 hours, Neil, we have decided to know it's absolute cod's wallop.
2: Codswallop, so
6: you're opening nothing? Uh, no, I'd say, I'd say I'll would wait. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, can you imagine, like, you know, uh, having to announce every 90 minutes or 105 minutes, you know, right, lads, finish up, time, please. You know, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, my, my customers won't be going for that. Like, you know what I mean? And, and you'd be kind of selling your phone, in my opinion, if you kind of opened in a kind of a health and safety nightmare meeting. Some sort of Orwellian dystopia. albeit uh, we have to we have to kind of uh, you know it, it, a public health issue here, but this is kind of over the top, and you know it's just uh, the experience. I don't think to be kosher at all, to be honest. You know. So, um,
2: but I- financially, will you be able to? Will you be able to extend the hit financially then? well you know what I, 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 you know, we,
6: we'll wait an extra two or three we'll wait till the 20th of July till the public house itself proper opens you know like I, I, I you know I know some people are mad to get open and get on with us and all the rest which you know but I, I feel like it's selling your soul I, re, I, I really do you know and you know I, mean, I, I was saying to the lads last night I've been reflecting on, on the wedding feast to Cana and can you imagine now if Jesus Christ was uh, walking the earth and walk, mortal form, mortal form, cetera, and he's saying, "Right, you know, I'm um, sorry, there, now you have to get out," and the health and safety guys would say, "You know, well, you can't be turning that water into wine." I mean, there's almost a, there's almost a fear of the mob coming from certain. Circles, you know, they can't be trusted to behave themselves. But the, the
2: but, but d- 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 the opposite to that is that they that say the government or Faoláir Ireland or those involved in Nefit, they're doing their best to get people back working and get businesses open, and this is the best plan they can cobble together at short notice.
6: Well, I, I guarantee you, if you ask, if you ask many of your, um, and, and of course, short notice is the problem. And uh, like, we're all waiting, uh, you know, uh, for, for for information so we can pass it on to our staff and start making plans. But I, I don't think it, it adds for you know a good experience. If you ask any of your your listeners here this morning and say, okay, well, would you go in for ninety minutes and would you have to move on? The vast majority of them would say no. I don't know right? about
2: that. I mean, some of the pubs that I've been checking out on Lee are booked out for the first few days, and right up, booked out right. Across yeah, the first uh, weekend, uh, uh, that, that's a
6: novelty. Like we've been closed now for for what fourteen weeks, and and you know, I think I think another two weeks won't kill us. Do you know, I, I, I just you know I, I wouldn't go for it. You know, and, and furthermore, like what they have given us now is a form of drinking Olympics meal. Heard? Do you remember the Sunday night years ago? Half was ten, you were out. Uh, and you have to head downtown to one of the clubs or something, you know, yeah. so people are lining up drinks on the counter and okay, there mightn't be counter service. But the whole idea is you're 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 pushing drinks into a smaller envelope of time, right? And then you're moving on and it's gonna store up all kinds of problems. You'll take a waiting a couple of weeks.
2: That's very interesting because coming up to the hundred and five minutes, if somebody wants to get around in, the bar staff are obliged to say, Sorry you won't be able to finish it. I can't serve you. You'll be outside of your time limit. But that could get a bit messy.
6: Well, there's all like I mean, there's always there's always one angry bird in the uh, or angry guy in the in the in the thing, you know. What I mean, you know, there's all who, who say who say like you know, I, I I'm here now. I paid for my drink, I'll finish it and all the usual blah, you know. And uh, I just think you know, I it's, paid it's, for it, so
2: I'll drink, drink it. I don't have I to listen to it, yeah, yeah it, I know That's old one, and that, that that nearly always precipitates
6: the call to the guards, you know. <laughs> but, but you know, I I just think look, I mean, here I I have a situation where I have a lot of elderly customers, right. And you're saying to them, right, uh, you know, you can go to a local cafe in town and you can get a bowl of soup, right, lovely soup, freshly made, a cup of tea, cost you €7. Euro, but you really want to go into the Vicarstown Bar on North Main Street where you would always get a cup of coffee off me in the morning. You'd read the paper. You might have one or two pints. But now you're expected to, you know, put €9 euro on top of it for a substantial meal. Now, Well, maybe euro, not the
2: Vicarstown Bar, but you could do the Rising Sun could open. Bodega could open.
6: You, you, you could, like, but I mean, like a lot of our, as one of my colleagues in the trade, said, a lot of our best-selling uh, items are 750, 50 It's kind of almost, it's almost exclusionary and it's almost elitist to be saying, you know, yeah, you can have a pint, but you know what, Neil, uh, give us nine euro there for the substantial meal. Now, this is something that's coming from inside the pale. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is emanating from Dublin. Michael McDoor was responsible for it, you know. He took the old shilling thing in the, in the, in the act and he, then he converted it into euros and here we got nine euros. Right, but I just th- I just think it's wrong, I, and I think it's it's unfair on the vast majority of customers who, to be honest with you, would behave themselves
2: anyway. Yeah. So the nine euro, as I said earlier on, is almost like your entry fee, isn't it?
6: I I, I would agree with that. It's, it's 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 like a I don't know. It's, it's like a kind of a, a tax, you know. No, i I, just, I don't mind. I'll start off in the morning. I'll, I'll go into Sissy Young's. I'll have a I'll have whatever's on the menu there for nine euros, and I'll, I'll head I'll handle down Barrack Street and I'll end up in Rising suns or someplace. But you know what? Ask yourself. You might be booked out for the first weekend or two, but how many people are going to spend €9 euro to get into each pub and a pub crawl? And the answer is none. You might get, you might get a, a bit of novelty. You know, I'll be going out on that day. I want to see what my colleagues in the trade are doing, those that are opening, and I salute them.
9: Yeah.
6: But I just don't think... I, I suppose, Neil, you know what? Every cloud has a silver lining, right? And this is probably one of the best things that's happened to the Irish public house in 100 years. Why? And what that is, is it's, it's now we now know what really goes on in the pub. It's not the supermarket drinking. It's not being down the lock, which are kind of ah, which are kind of Bulmers. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 not any of that, right? This is about company. It's about you know, it's, it's about showing empathy to your fellow, you know, and it's about a sense of community, right? And all of a sudden we decide, hey, the pubs are closed. 2nd we've lost that. You know, there's a high price being paid in loneliness around this city. Uh, because of the lockdown, now we did a great job on the lockdown We're but, all for,
2: but for the lonely who miss the pub, the traditional pub they've got to wait until the 20th of July yeah that's it,
6: you see so that's 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 why that's why I see the nine euro thing as as, 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 as extraordinarily elitist, almost verging on a kind of a cruelty to those
2: um, you know who who depend on the pub as a social hub. so you believe then that all should open together and that should be in July.
6: Um, well, uh, Either now July. or July. Well, I, I, am in. I'm personally in all Anyway, I mean, you know, we we kind of operate a consultation process with my colleagues, my managers, my partners, my my own brother Leo. You know, and you know, I mean, each each guy will take their own will take their own decision. But I'm I'm kind of saying, no matter what happens, you're opening two weeks after everybody else. There's no need to rush us.
0: Have the
2: staff reacted to that? Um, it's a democracy, I guess. You listen to them. Are they are disappointed that they're not going back quicker?
6: Um, some are. Some aren't. But everybody, look, uh, uh, you know, as we all have agreed, like you take the likes of the Mutton Lane down there, it's been there for 200 years. Two weeks isn't going to kill it. Right. And I'm certainly not walking into, um, you know, uh, arbitrary and almost discriminatory regulations by, by false arguments who don't represent me. Right, um, you know, I, I don't know why they're the 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 the, the sounding board for, for these regulations. They do great job work elsewhere. All right, but, but does
2: the Mutton Lane do food? Uh, no, the Mutton Lane doesn't do food. But
6: okay. that's, that's, not the, that's not the point. The point, the point is. So the it Lane, could
2: never uh, open. It could never open Monday week then.
6: No, 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 but the in, in, U.S. In, in relation to our fast deal. And what we're saying is, look, look, these pubs have been around for hundreds of years. We're not going to butcher these things with perspex and crime scene markings on the ground and, and announcements. And by the way, if there is a 19-minute announcement, could they please do it in Roy Keane's accent? It would be hilarious. Do you know what I mean? We get some bit
2: of a laugh out of it, you know? Perspex and crime scene I, markings. I, not can not can I, in an old-fashioned traditional pub. No, thank you.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, can I ask you, can I tell you,
2: like, I, I've seen a, two
6: disturbing things in town. And it goes back to what we were saying uh, with Michael O'Donovan um, about uh, credit cards and all the rest of it, right? Um, I've seen two occasions For one, a person with intellectual disabilities who wouldn't be able to navigate the, let's say, the complexity of using a debit card, right? Got flustered at a coffee shop and was told, um, we only take cash. Or, sorry, we only take cards, card. right? Yeah. You know, you know, people have to be mindful of this. There's, there's an agenda here to going kind to of push cash out of the way. I make it handy to use credit cards. I get it. I hardly use cash myself anymore. But, you know, the elderly, the people with intellectual disabilities, the people who are stuck in their ways, I think it's a bad scene for businesses in Cork to say we take cash. On okay. hard, we take
2: Let me on. develop that as a story with listeners then as to whether yeah. they're uncomfortable with the ever-increasing lack of availability of using cash. Um, yeah. Text 0868104106. So for you, all of the pubs, no opening not for a couple of weeks, anyway, um, and traditional and the traditional That's pubs you have, you will open uh, in July with the one meter distancing. With with one meter distancing, you know, and
6: and so has, you know what, you know you know. Can I make an appeal to the the, the the health and safety complex, if you like, that seems to be kind of I don't know, making business harder and harder in this country? Look, can we can we drop? the term social distancing because it kind of introduces a kind of paranoia right and can we reintroduce the concept of safe distancing or in other words a bit of cop on don't be up on top of each other wash your hands use a, use a handkerchief put it in your pocket all the stuff that we learnt you know yeah. but can I give you a positive thing in parenting in, in Neil yeah I was asking my mother, you know, um, uh, you know. Uh, you, you, I, I remember her telling me about the polio outbreak, which was almost specific to Cork in 1947, 48, yeah. that time, you know. And, you know, things did change. Things got a bit strange for a while, but it, it gave us the birth of the, the proper dance halls, right? There was, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a big kind of, uh, you know, uh, desire, pent-up demand for, for, for company, if you like. And if you go back to the Spanish flu, the Spanish flu gave us what we now today call jazz, that music developed out kind of the pent-up need for social interaction and it came out of America after the Spanish flu. You can say that the Spanish flu was, was the start of a great movement in the arts. And I can tell you, I, I just get the feeling, right? And like, I'm overall, I'm, I'm positive for the future of the pub because people now will appreciate it because it was gone, right? And I feel that, you know, in the arts and in the music and all the rest of it, we're going to have great times coming out of this you know, obviously, you know, we, you know, we have to, you know, respect the people that, that felt COVID-19. Well, know. let's
2: wait and see what, what, what happens, what the next big thing will be then coming out of this. But the only thing about it is, and I will leave you on this point, that some are saying that they won't go back to pubs. They've got used to drinking at home and having friends around, and it's much, much cheaper uh, to go to the off-license or a supermarket aisle.
6: Yeah, yeah absolutely. There, there are those who will, and there are those who won't, and that's absolutely their choice, and that's the key. Uh, Neil, you, you allow people the individual, the citizen of this country the choice, you don't tell them what to do with all this ridiculous health and safety right, that's, that's it, give them a choice, some will go, some won't. Alright, appreciate you taking and the call,
2: we'll stay in touch, thanks Benny for now And
6: listen, Neil, Neil uh, the first, the first point in Sinead and Cobra Street is yours, but get, can I just <laughs> give a shout out to a customer, <laughs> is, uh, Pat Marr, who's up in uh, up in, uh, the Mercy Hospital being looked after by the good people up there and that we're all thinking of him down in Sinead you know, Absolutely. Street. Morning thanks, Pat, you're hope
2: you're, you're having, having a good day. Okay, Take care okay, Benny, okay, cheers I often think that with regards to Benny McCabe, he's got a much better philosophy than many people who maybe are chasing money. I don't believe Benny chases money in the sense of profit or profit for the sake of profit. I think he sees a much bigger picture in all of these things. Uh, Joe, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so you know of the guidelines now and how they've changed. What are your thoughts on it all?
7: Well, I'd like to know, you know, if I go in with two of my mates now into a pub, do the three of us have to have a meal each? Yeah. Or could we have one pizza between us?
2: No. No. It's got to be each of you.
7: What well, actually, so what's happening is that there should be somebody on the door asking for nine euros going in. Is that right?
2: Yeah, but that won't, yeah, that won't fly. It is, if you want to go to the pub for a few pints, it is the equivalent of an admission fee, a nine euro item on the menu. You, yes. you probably have to order it, but you don't necessarily have to eat it, you know?
7: <laughs> you don't have to eat it at all, you just pay your nine euro and get nothing You have it.
2: to order an item from the menu.
7: Right, right, right. Whether yeah.
2: you eat it or not is your own business. All oh, right, right,
7: But each of us then would have to have a yes, meal.
2: Yes, each of you. Right. Yeah,
7: you know, them. there's another thing there, no, and it was mentioned at on one stage. You know, uh, some pubs not there where we say there was 60 before going into the pub. Now, there could only maybe be 30 going into the pub, yeah, right? Yeah, No. Now, they're paying huge prices for Sky. So no, they're paying huge prices for
2: Sky and they only have half the patrons going in. Didn't Sky reduce prices somewhat? Did I hear that somewhere? No, did know. they did they um open oh, to correction on this? Maybe somebody will let me know. I think that they might have reduced commercial rates of Sky, I think, because there was no sport or they 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 suspended the Sky sports subscription or something like that anyway.
7: they did they did it? Where's your lo- where's your
2: where's your local Joe? My local would be in Blackpool. All right. What pub would that be, do you mind me asking?
7: Well, it would be between Quinlan's and uh, the uh, Small Derby's, uh, which is called the John
2: Griffin. Okay. That one I don't know, but I do know Quinlan's, and they do a fantastic burger there. they got a nice menu. Will they be opening yes. Monday week?
7: To be honest, which I don't really know.
2: Right. And if they were...
7: If there were, I, I wouldn't be pushed. I wouldn't be pushed to go down there and find out that, uh, you know, I have to pay nine euros to go in for something that I don't have, I don't need, because I probably have to have a bit of grub myself. But would you not,
2: not have the grub at home and go and have a cheeseburger and two or three pints?
7: need You go out for a couple of pints. You don't go out to be eating at all, you know? I you know. You have be before you go out. Okay. You have your meal and you go out then for a few drinks with your mates. Right.
2: You're a bit so like Benny then. You want the traditional pub to open when it's right to open and you're happy to go for your pints then.
7: Well, I certainly do. And I, I'm happy at the moment. I you know, the way things have gone for the last few months. I have a couple of beers at home here. I'm not happy enough for it.
2: And has it changed the way you, you, you think about going to the pub now, that you're having your few... Cold ones at home.
7: Oh, definitely it does. Oh, definitely, yeah, it has to, yeah. And we, I suppose, in another way, we've been very lucky with the weather. You know that we can sit outside and have beers outside. We've been very lucky. So,
2: do you look at it differently, rather than say, paying a five or a pint in a pub, you can get maybe four large bottles for a tenner in an off licence?
7: Exactly, and take them home, and you, you can have your what you want on your but TV and you yeah, but what about
2: loneliness like and what about meeting your mates and the crack and the chat and yeah, the see, slagging me. you can't slag anybody at home with a can in your hand
7: well you know you you can have a bit of a banter you know what I mean they go to my house one night they go to somebody else's house another night you know if there's a match on, you go to see the match and throw the women out and uh,
2: enjoy the match. I send the women to the pub. <laughs>
7: send the women.
2: All send right, the kid. women
7: don't to get a few more cans, and, right.
2: you know. I call Quinlan's later, and I'll put a pint behind the bar for you when it opens. All right.
7: Okay, my man. Okay. <laughs> Cheers,
2: Joe. Take care of yourself, Mark. Good morning. Morning, Hilo, it's you. a good pub, that Quinlan's in Blackpool. Go ahead. You want to pick yeah. it up on pubs, musicians, and those that are.
8: Yeah. Uh, are you a musician, well, I don't, Mark? I am. My, my last gig was in the pub. He drinks, and actually, the Gerald Griffin, and uh, last year Cheltenham, I think it was. So that was my last gig. I've done. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just the fact that the, with the guidelines, there is nothing uh, for musicians. I know Benny put up a lovely post there a couple of weeks ago on Facebook about musicians and the fact that, like, when the COVID came and stuff in August, will it, will it be carried on for musicians? Um, I spoke to a lot of publicans recently, um, like when the tenth of August was there. They they were thinking there won't be any music this year. They, they, like, they're, they're not. There's nothing coming up about musicians. A lot of the tourism in Ireland as well as musicians. You oh, know, um, like yeah. Yeah. like so on and so forth. They're all going to be affected. There's trad sessions
2: just, and Kaylees all of the time.
8: Yeah, yeah. Like like I have a lot of weddings cancelled. I do a lot of wine reception work. Um, I do I I do all my work with Ted Dunn. And um, you know, Ted um, very the, well. Super a, guy.
2: Super
10: guy.
8: Yeah. Like myself and Ted. Actually, um, I know it's coming off point. I'm not dropping. Um, dropping any kind of... Um, State secrets. Much my, yeah, no, myself and Ted went into business uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks because of the fact we have no work coming in. We've we, Nothing Ted has got. Over 250 cancellations for weddings, and he, that's I not mean, counting his photo booths and so on. But we actually we actually, we actually, started a company just doing the, dispensers, the hand sanitizer dispensers because of the fact that they they couldn't be got. So uh, anyway, but, but basically, myself and Ted are doing that to keep ourselves busy. More than anything, as you said, like, with us it's, it's not even the money side of things it's, it's, the, it's keeping ourselves busy it's, it's, the, it's the mental health side of things as well a lot of people are dealing with mental health when they're stuck inside cocooning I was with my parents over six weeks cocooning and like it, it does play on the mind when you're not doing anything you're sitting around the place you know but there's no guidelines on the musicians when they're coming back um, I spoke to a lot of publicans though when I'm going in to do their dispensers and stuff and they, they, they're doing a lot of work inside the pubs they don't have any um they don't have any idea when the music is coming back. There won't be any DJs, of my mans, there won't be any. Do you else. think
2: that? You, do you think that musicians and jocks will even be back this year at all?
8: I don't. Well, I spoke to one publican. Yes, uh, I won't mention names, it, but uh, it's a publican it Mayfield in may the north side the cork. And he said that he like he he knew about the tenth t- of August which for a lot of people, and he vendors been as well. But he said that there's no way there's going to be music back this year. Well, you can, can forget the
2: tenth of August now. That's gone. We're yeah. now looking at yeah, July yeah, twentieth.
8: The phases move forward exactly, yeah. Yeah. But like he he said, he said even when it was the tenth of August that there's not a hope because of the fact they they may look at Christmas. But like if all the phases go to plan, they still won't have any music. um, They won't even look at the music. So like he's he's looking at next year um, for music coming back to his bar. You know, yeah. Um, A lot of bars are the same. They're not even worrying about that. The same, but like a lot of people, as you said. I don't understand. Like I, I'm not much of a drinker, but like you, I, I always said, even when the bars are open, you can't justify paying five euro for a bottle of bull in a bar in town, and you can get twenty for twenty euro in an off license and now people are getting used to that at home. Are they going to go back to the bars? You know what I mean. S-
2: most will, some won't. Some will, some yeah, will go. Really? Some will go less. But I don't think for a moment yeah. you can equate the experience really of having a can of Bulmers at home no. and having a pint of yeah. cold Bulmers on draft in a pub. It's just. Yeah, well, it's a Shocking social cheese. Well, yeah, absolutely, you know? it's all about yeah. the social atmosphere. Yeah, anyway, totally thoughts true. with pub- thoughts with musicians and jocks and people yeah. in drama and actors and artists and all who, when many people will get back to work, they won't.
8: No, not at all. There doesn't seem to be anything coming up about musicians' guidelines or anything fast. And there's a lot of them out there, you know. I know I know some musicians do work during the day, but some of them... Alright, let me get... Really you. Okay, listen, thanks
2: Mark. Say hello to Ted. Appreciate you taking the call. Liam Barry has Goldbergs. I'm, often, I'm very curious to see as to how he's going to react to the like, the guidelines and the, uh, the latest announcements of 105 minutes and one metre distance. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Benny's keeping all of the pubs closed, the food and the traditional non-food. What about Goldberg's incredibly popular spot? What are you going to do?
0: Well, was, funnily enough, Benny echoed the, the sentiment that, that I kind of arrived at myself over the last couple of days. And in particular, last I was holding out some hope until last night. I was sitting in the couch at half ten and the guidelines were published. It took me an hour to read them and um you know restrictive isn't is an understatement um you call them horrendous yeah yes it is i did actually yeah. um you know, look, I'm looking at a lot of pub, public in their own town and I've seen a bit of activity in certain places and uh, fellas are p- pumping money into screens and floor stickers and, and all this sort of thing. I mean, you know, the, 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 the actual cost of doing all that is, 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 is the first thing you have to look at. Then you have to look at the enforcement of the regulations with extra labour costs. I mean, you could be looking at 30 or 40% extra labour um, all the while, while dealing with lower capacity. Mm. You know, mm. um, no, you know yourself. You were in the trade. I mean, it, it, pubs and particular pubs that that sort of food, they, they're largely a marginal business. The vast mm. majority of them, they, you know, they do okay. Fellas so get a living out of it, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a millionaire's game by any stretch. Of Foods
2: are No, food is is a nightmare. There's an no, there's no profit you know? in it. It's it's yeah, completely yeah. unmanageable most of the time. You know,
0: that's it. That's it. And whereas we haven't taken a, a, an official position on it yet, I would say that. Goldbergs will probably keep its powder dry um, and, and, and and just wait and see. And, and Benny echoed it there. I, I, you know, my sentiment is to just wait and see. Let's see how things go for other people. I mean, there's no pressure on the likes of us in Goldbergs for the simple reason that at most of our food trade is, is daytime food anyway in so far as office buildings in in Navigation Square and and One Albert Key, but we, they're not back yet. Know, you know, know. To, to a very small degree, they're not back. But you know, but I, you I could open 100%. at five or six, though or seven. Well, that's the thing, and that's what we have looked in term. We had to like. Don't get me wrong. I, I I towed the line. I went down the the road of going to court last week. We were up front of Conor Leary. We got our restaurant cert. We we did it. Um even though we knew that it wasn't a requirement um they, they, the policy and the guidelines had changed between our application and when we were granted it. So we said we'd drive it on. there was a few other people there the lads from the South County were or, yeah the South County were there uh, Dave Johan from Lee Valley Golf Club was there there was a few others there, and we all got them and we were delighted and we, we traveled the door. But last night um it, it just like first of all, did you see the size of the document?
2: Uh, no, I mean, no I'm lucky actually, I only get bullet points on it, so I'm fine. Yeah, that. Well,
0: it's 22 pages long, and 18 of those pages are double columns, so it's a 40 page document all about what you know. There's a lot of repetition in it, um, and I think that whoever drafted it, it is probably the A's and crossing the T's. But when you look at it from, from, from aside from the costings of it and aside from the restrictions on it, you know, the most important thing here is a bit of customer confidence, okay? What we need is a customer uh, who uh, prior to this would have gone into a pub, had a few beers or even a bit of food. These are the people that we need to say, you know what, we're ready to go back to the pub. And I was out in, on our, uh, where I live in Delmoire, the, a lot of kids and a lot of parents would be out in the evenings, and, and, and I had a chance to chat to some of my neighbours the other day. And the vast majority of them, when you put that situation to them, and you're looking, you're saying, you know, cost of a, a taxi in and out of town, cost of uh, babysitters for, for those with younger kids, um, and then to be hunted out the door after an hour and a quarter, uh, the vast majority of people are going to say, Do you know what, take away a few bottles of wine, have a few friends over, no time restrictions. And, and and that's how it's probably going to go, certainly for the summer anyway. I think the wintertime will push a lot of people maybe back into the pubs. I don't know. Um, but maybe not all of them will need to get a taxi. Maybe they'll
2: be able to do it in their local parishes.
0: Oh, absolutely. Go for and, a meal and, 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 and have a bottle and of wine and for,
9: do it in an hour. It
0: is different for everybody and every premises will experience a different... Like in the Boron... You know, as we know, we're 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 drink only anyway. Yeah. And it suits me. It suits me now to, we're 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 throwing up the scaffold down it this week, we're decorating the building and, and the whole lot. But when I open in the Boron, I'm going to wait until a, a time when I feel that the restrictions aren't restrictive to my business So That won't be one
2: so will will you open with a one metre rule or will you wait even yeah. for that to clear?
0: Absolutely. Well, you see, I mean, look, the one meter, I don't know, a lot of people don't know that fire officer guidelines are kind of in and around that anyway, as it happens. Like the Bowron, you couldn't chew a sweetener, it's a tiny little pub, yeah. and it's licensed for 65 people. Yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, And it, the old rule was, I think it was one person for every two square meters. So we'd have 130 square meters, therefore 65 people. But, you know, all businesses, all pubs, Um, And Benny made a very good point there, the the traditional aspect of the pub, the social aspect, going in and meeting your buddies. um, Is that, you know, if you're in a forced kind of a schedule, is that something people are going to um, embrace? I I think not. I I think that the appetite will be there from punters as well as business owners to, 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 you know, do as much as they can, but not to the point where you're getting into a negative fiscal situation. You're like, I'm not going to open, just for the sake of opening, I'm not dashing down the road to open my doors just to get open. I, I have to be worth our while. I mean, it's, rent, I know,
2: insurance, wages. Oh, listen, lighting, I mean, heating, okay, staff. Yeah. Perfect
0: example. There's your your uh, previous caller was on. There was on with Sky. I had an interesting conversation last week with the guy who would be the, I suppose, the main Sky uh, commercial rep in the Munster area. And guys so just—they're getting no direction from their bosses over in the UK. Um, You know, you you have a situation where the average pubs pays about €1,500 a month to Sky, which is extortionate anyway, that's for another day, and now, a situation that is created whereby you can only have 30, 40, 50% capacity, fair enough, so are are Sky going to follow suit, and the knock-on effect of that then, if Sky aren't getting the money from us, they can't pay it to the Premier League, Premier League can't pay it to the, you know,
2: did pubs have to pay Sky while closed? Did pubs have to pay Sky? No,
0: what Sky did was they suspended the... Well, look, like everything else, Neil, you're not going to pay for a service you can't receive. And and Sky, I suppose, uh, strangely enough, they were one of the first of of all the service providers to come up and say, no, no, look, we're we're going to... um, We'll suspend charges here and uh, we'll take it up again. But I can tell you, just only because I got my own Sky bill uh, yesterday from my house, uh, from yesterday, uh, Sky Sports charges became active again. Um now whether or not it is for pubs yet, obviously they'll bring that in in line with the the uh with the with the opening hours we'll say, you know? Yeah, um yeah, yeah. you know, a an awful lot of us as well we were kind of silenced a little bit at the start of all this. Um, you know, we all signed up, we got our COVID payment and, and, and that's very welcoming, don't get me wrong. Um I, I, I uh, but you know, I'm used to contributing to the exchequer, not you know, withdrawing from us, and, 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 you know, right at the start of all this kind of, our glorious leader you know, threw a bit of, uh, threw a few quid at us um, to kind of keep us quiet, reading really more than anything else, and other than that other than a bit of poetic rhetoric, which is, he goes on with wh- whenever he, he, he gives a speech I haven't heard very much from Vradgar on you know, th- there's not you know, I know now they're, they're probably tied up with the like, man talks and all the rest of it, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that Micheál Martin Known for keeping his word on, on election promises and all the rest of it. I'm hoping that what he came out and said in the last couple of weeks that he wanted to see things accelerated and he wanted to see the economy back in its feet. I hope that that is now going to be the case. Well, Benny in said the, he wanted
2: people just to have to go about their lives with a bit of cop-on rather than a yeah. a, a one-meter um, crime scene tape on the ground kind yeah. of
0: thing. Funnily enough, he mentioned, the, the, so I swear to God, Collins English Dictionary, Dictionary next year is going to have about 15 new editions Social distancing being at the fore. and we have heard, however, that the freezing social distancing is going to be phased out in the next couple of weeks. And in line with what Benny said, they're going to be bringing in a, a, a policy called social responsibility. And let so me you, ask you,
2: yeah, it'll be a personal responsibility. Yeah. But can I just ask you finally, do you think that there will be the appetite for people to go back to clubs and pubs and things like that, even when I physical do, distancing I do,
0: um, I You know, notwithstanding the fact that drink sales in this country, funnily enough, are up. The volume of drink, OK, um, the restaurant or um, off-licences trade is up 26% for the three months since the start. Two big of benefits, I mean,
2: take out food and booze. But will that, uh, res- will that reverse when public houses open, though?
0: Um, to, a, to a very large degree, yes, I'd say. I mean, there are certainly pubs out there that are not going to reopen. Um, those people are going to, uh, the people that would have frequented those, are going to filter down into other pubs. I think that those, uh, I heard an interesting, uh, somebody, a very well-known public in the city, said something during the week, and I thought it was, it was, nail on the head stuff he said those that open last will last longest and they're not my words so I won't tell you where they came you know what I mean but they came to me through somebody else and That's I thought amazing. it was actually yeah, very it's actually quite and true like, actually yeah a yeah. lot of businesses there and, and I think, if you look say, say Tensies I pass Tensies there and I have great admiration for Paul on the streets two or three times a week And I see the lads pumping money into Clancy's to convert it almost to a restaurant. They're changing the whole experience of what it's like to to go into Clancy's now. I mean, you need to be, you know, uh, they're trying to conform. They're trying to to get on with it. But what they're doing is that with um, reduced numbers coming into town because of social distancing, are pubs that are vying to get open on the 29th to extend their food offering, are they not diluting the existing already lower levels of business that are out there for the likes of restaurants I mean, you go now, you go with your wife you go in, you have to bite to in a bite restaurant you go to the pub after for a couple of pints that's what we need to get back with uh, to, um, you know we, we, we this whole uh, you know, it's nearly you nearly want a, 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 every punter would nearly want a booklet themselves, they nearly want to have the guidelines themselves walking in the door of any restaurant just to make sure that they don't mess up, that they don't you know, that everything is done right um, you know, uh, another thing as well that that, that, that w- there's been a lot of rumours go out about are the financial assistance um, uh, it, implications here or rather offerings like there's, there's this re- revenue warehousing thing, I'm sure you've heard about that yes. that came out two and a half months ago, haven't heard a peep about it since and my accountant assures me that it's going to be a blanket uh, benefit for everybody.
2: And what does it mean uh, a blanket benefit, like what don't okay, you have it to It was
0: pay? basically any, any if you're in any trade that was affected by, and and as a result of a forced government closure, uh, the revenue have brought out a new procedure going forward. First of all, they're granting tax clearance to everybody for the purposes of applying for restart grants and for the purposes of the upcoming licensing courts, which aren't a million miles away, right? Um, Because a lot of fellows coming into this lockdown would have had tax arrears, okay? It's, it's 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 a fact of it's just a fact of life in the hospitality sector. You, you know, you, you, you tow the line at specific times of the year, namely September for licensing, but the other times of the year in particular, coming out of Christmas into January and February, like we just did before this thing hit, and um, people do fall behind. So what they're doing is they have um, created a situation whereby anything that you owe prior to going into lockdown, will be warehoused for 12 months, uh, parked up. Now the conditions are you, you, you maintain current tax liabilities. And then when do uh, you that, pay that warehouse debt well, in 12 months' time? Of, that's it. At the end of 12 okay. months, you then pay that money back over a 24-month period at 3%. Is that for all, or 3% interest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the standard is 10% for any arrears with... with and is that for million. all
2: businesses then,
0: Yeah. Well, that's what they're saying. But again, we've, we've heard nothing. Like when these guidelines have been issued, we need to hear of, of, you know, they're putting these measures in place to, 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 I suppose to restrict us. They need to let us know on the other side. Look, what, what, this is what's coming. This is what we can do. Like I spoke to a guy in the bank uh, the other day and they are waiting on guidelines for what to do with people who need to restructure. Now, if you restructure in this country, um, uh, central bank guidelines, Um, determine then that you are not, you don't qualify for credit for a a, a two-year period. Effective credit rating. Exactly. So the banks are willing to play ball but the legislation isn't in place to allow them to do that. And do you just you finally,
2: know? do you know of many pubs that just won't reopen, whether it's in the city, in the suburbs or rurally? Do you think there's a proposal? don't
0: really, I haven't heard of any
2: specific... As I spoke to a I, solicitor who said that much of their business now has been taken up by people who are I just winding think, yeah, their... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're winding down their businesses. They're just saying, no, I, I can't do this anymore, not with...
0: That, that uh, you know, unfortunately, in business, whether you're in the middle of a pandemic or not, unfortunately, that happens day to day. I mean, the vast majority of the restaurants of uh, restaurants that open anywhere in the world last less than twelve months. I no, know, but I'm, I'm really talking months.
2: about pubs that would have been around for decades and decades.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of these guys, they they've no mortgages. They're probably saying, you know what? I can I can fill up here. Uh, there's my retirement for the sake of pulling well, five or six hundred euros a week out of it, uh, and just pass the reins to somebody else. There's going to be a lot of pubs will de-license. I would imagine. Yeah. Aldi de- Lidlers snapping up licenses at a, at a ferocious rate at the moment. Um. So, or so you know, Leader would snap
2: up a bar license to able be able to open a a a, 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 a drinks aisle in a supermarket.
0: I've been approached by by a guy who who uh, I've premises on Military Road as well, the Island Tavern, and I've been approached by a fella there who said, "Look, when the time comes, um, you know, I, I I'd have a bar for your license." The and a, and that would it. be a
2: supermarket, would it?
0: Centre, uh, Centre is, is in yeah. particular now is looking yeah. at yeah yeah. So when you look at look. Look, the world is not going to be the same. We know that. We get all that. But what we need now is a bit of leadership. We need um, our leaders in Dublin to come out. Let it. Like the, there's a big drive on the restaurant association at the moment for clarification on VAT rates going forward. I mean, look, you're not going to cancel that. Let's be honest. I mean, they go. They, you know how, how the hell are we going to survive? How, how the hell is? Will pubs put their prices up? Do you think? Pardon?
2: Will pubs put their prices up?
0: I think those that do will suffer as a result. Uh. I'm not going to. I, I don't see it. I already thought that the pricing in this country was, was, was high enough if you compare us to the continent, with the exception probably of France. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, fellas might try to slip at 10 or 20 cents onto the price of some products in their bar. But um, as to, to what we heard last week, one guy came can up and said, oh, sure, all pubs will have to charge an extra euro. But I'm not going to pay... It. No, but can I just ask you about that?
2: And and I will let you go. Do you know where people know the price of a pint and they get all sorts of antsy about one or two cent? Do people also know the price of a vodka or a gin and tonic or, or, could you you slip money on those and a punter would never know?
0: That, well, that's it, and you could, uh, to, to a large degree, the vast majority of people that come into pubs, in particular busy pubs at night, they're throwing a 20 over the counter, you look at a guy when he gets his change back, he's not there scrutinising his receipts, yeah, yeah. he's not there looking, but no, but some people do, I mean, uh, those few cents to people, are, uh, at the end of every week... No, I know they're important, important, but I'm just wondering,
2: do, do, does somebody know the price of a gin and tonic as, as accurately as they know the price of a, a pint of but stout?
0: actually... Beer and cider, from a draft point of view, in pubs, the price, there's not a whole lot of variation, but there is massive variation when it comes to spirits and mixers and soft drinks. Uh, in particular, in nightclubs at night time, they charge what they want because they know there's a demand for it.
2: They know people aren't going to go. And to when you're mind. tapping the card, you have less inclination to know what you're paying for something as well.
0: That's exactly it, and I've noticed that myself actually. I, when I, since since people are tapping, like sometimes I might give them the machine or put it out in front of them. Others I'd leave the machine next to the tin and I take the card and I just tap it, hand the card back. They don't even ask. A lot okay. of them don't. Okay. Like, if there are people out there. Okay, yeah. And going forward, Jesus, we all need to count our pennies. Going forward, because uh, and and I had a conversation with a guy in Ernst Young the other day, just briefly, and he said, We haven't scratched the surface of the economic impact of all this yet. I mean, for for the last three months, we're focused on public health, we're focused on doing the right thing, everybody coming together and you know, holding hands and dancing down the street. But what's going to happen when reality sets in here, possibly after Christmas? There's going to be a bit of a demand coming up to Christmas. People are going to be anxious to spend. Uh, but January and February of next year, I'm terrified of what's going on. One of the, the bizarre time.
2: things that I heard the other day was somebody in business told me there's loads of money around because people have been getting payments from the government that they can't spend.
0: That I mean, they can't spend. There is, yeah, absolutely. But that money, like everything else, will dry up. I, I said it myself to my wife last week. My credit card bill is as low as it's ever been because I haven't been spending anything and I've been setting away a little bit in fact Benny McKay posted something similar about six weeks ago on Facebook Um, yeah but again that's all short term the vast you see you're hearing a lot of people there you know what they stay the course and we're nearly there and you know as I said Leo Bradford quoting bloody well scripture and poetry Lord of the Rings yeah 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 yeah. that doesn't do anything for me I mean I'm, I'm I'm in a very real situation I have four young children Um, I have three businesses that are now shut Uh, don't get me wrong we're on the one boat I I get all that but there will come a point and it has passed for me as it happens that um, I, I really, as a, in a selfish way I have to look beyond public health and I have to look at my future and okay. I have to look at the reality okay. of what life is going to be like going forward fiscally and it ain't going to be pretty from what I can see so far but we have to remain confident Okay, and it
2: ain't uh, going uh, well, okay, yeah. to be Monday week over time, Liam, thanks for taking the call appreciate it no as problem, always Neil, anytime. Liam that Barry is. at Goldberg's, they ain't going to be open on Monday week we'll come back to that and lots more
3: besides after 11 Get it off your chest Call Neil Prendeville now 1850
2: 104 106 Red FM Okay loads and loads of text on different topics the vintners of Ireland's level of activity and delegation with the government on this element's been disappointing says Dahi and this is not for the first time if alternative measures weren't is not put forward by the VFI and these rules are enforced the pub trade in rural Ireland will simply die on its feet Small family businesses over generations will be wiped out. I'll just read the text for you for now. Nigel said nobody's going to enforce this. I hope publicans don't listen to this silly advice. Lisa says it's got nothing to do with not getting the virus if you're there 30 minutes or two hours. Pubs can't open until the 20th of July unless they serve food. They can serve, say, a portion of chips and then leave you there all night drinking. It's the same in a restaurant. It's about fairness for pubs that don't do food. After the 20th of July, you won't have to buy food to have a drink. Kevin says, somebody make a common sense based decision on something to do with COVID-19 in Ireland, please. Niamh, I wouldn't waste my time. How the hell do they expect that to work? Thomas also says it's a waste of time and Mark calls it a joke. It's all about controlling us now and this will only get worse. Lars says, I'd rather stay at home and knit. John says, how's this going to be policed if the owners don't want you to leave? After being closed for three months, I reckon they won't let anyone leave after an hour and 45 minutes. They'll lock you in. I presume people can still go to a restaurant with no time limit and have a few drinks with their meal. The new guidelines are just for pubs. Surely, no. No, it's the same deal. Uh, Stephen says, I'm glad to... to, And anyway, no restaurant will want you to stay longer than that in the first place. They want to turn the tables so they can get more punters in. Stephen says, I'm glad to know nine euro could have been saved, could have saved the whole country from COVID-19. Brian says, the 12 pubs of Christmas will take 18 hours this year. Natalie calls it ridiculous. This is one smart virus. You can't get it if you're there 30 minutes, but you can catch it there if you're there over an hour and 45 minutes. It's a smart virus. Old thing's a joke, and let me guess, you would have to pay by card only for the food and drink. Actually, that's another topic, actually, for another day, actually, how comfortable people are. Same for people with intellectual disabilities that Benny was referring to, or the elderly who only deal in cash, and they can't be bothered dealing with fiddly dan little terminals and cards and pin numbers and passwords and all sorts of stuff like that. Mackie says, how does paying nine euro for a meal protect you Exactly. These guidelines are made up as they go along. What's the difference between a pub that serves a nine euro meal and a pub that has no food? Are they not the same thing? Line your stomach now. It'll keep the virus away. A starter in the pubs would make a packet of salt and vinegar crisps. Then you'd have the stopwatch. All for nine euro. No. Salt and vinegar crisps or a bag of peanuts between four mates will not constitute a substantial meal. There's loads and loads of these. We'll come back to them again in a few minutes time. Barry, good morning. Last time we spoke, um, you were cycling your head off because today you were supposed to be married June 18th in sunny Marbella. You didn't make it. So when we last spoke, you were well on your way cycling at home, of course, to do 2,446 kilometers. Where
9: are you at now? We're just. I, you know, I'm actually finished this morning. I know Neil. I done my last bit. Sonia's just on the bike as we speak, and she is about two kilometres, just under two kilometres to go. Sonia, good morning.
5: Good morning. Neil, how are you?
2: Two kilometres. How's that work? It's like a spinning bike, or what is it?
5: Yeah, it's a spinning bike. Um, I got from work, so I'm nearly there now. How much have you left? One. I've actually 1.5. How long will that take? <laughs> um, I'm hoping to get it done in. The next three minutes, anyway. <laughs>
2: well, well, I stay with you so to get you over the line? So, that, so <laughs> no, the next, the next three minutes would be the equivalent of you going up the aisle in Marbella, is it? Well, we uh, yeah, are kind of.
5: Well, actually, my son is going to jump on and take last five, and he's going to take tail as well. Uh, <laughs> so he I- get me off. He get me. I get myself to a. Uh, in the current
11: way to the church. Da 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 da. Has it been? Has it been fun?
2: Has it been fun, like, or did you have to drag yourself out of the lab or, or force yourself to do it? Like two thousand four hundred forty-six kilometers. It's a lot of cycling.
5: Yeah, it is. But you know, it's for a really good cause, so it really kept us motivated the whole time with this. So, um, the days you were feeling tired. The um, donations motivated us really, and knowing to the cause it was going to as well.
2: <laughs> you didn't, you didn't kill each other, Barry. No, no, we weren't far off at doing to be said, "Oh, I'm so delighted the stairs come." Somebody told me, Sonia, you're actually sipping prosecco as we speak. Is that right?
5: Yeah, I, I did. I swapped the uh, water with prosecco for today for today. That's <laughs> the <isn't it? laughs>
2: name. So you have one hand on the on the bike and the other on the glass of prosecco.
5: Yeah, more or less. Every now and again, I take two hands off.
2: <laughs> Where are you at now?
5: I am just under thirty um, point three kilometres.
2: Yeah, so well, we're getting there. Thirty point three kilometres no, done. Yeah,
5: no, no, sorry. So we have twenty five point five. So um, we had less to do today with that helping us, and we had enough made up the last few weeks as well.
2: All right, tell me, me when you get, Tell me when you're getting close.
5: So I've Point um, 10 to go now
2: That's so just under there. Under a
5: kilometre
2: Go on Sonia <laughs> <laughs> Go on Sonia Have you a crowd there with you? Yeah
5: I'm nearly there Now we'd say Another 10 seconds Alright Come, come on <laughs> 5 8 7 6 5 4 3
2: 2 1 2
7: 3
2: you say
5: oh it's done thank god
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's here comes the bride or the wedding march or something here comes the bride it
5: sounds good
2: anyway doesn't
5: it
0: alright right. <laughs> <It's done. laughs> are you both relieved
9: yeah it's a long one deal so of course I have it done to be fair
0: how much do you think you'll raise for Marymount guys
9: um, well, before we came on there, Neil, uh, I think it was at about 6500 uh, 6, It was kind of over the six and a half grand, anyway. Oh my so god. You're going to six, six, yeah. are you gonna leave it open
2: because you've passed your target. Are you going to leave it open for a while?
9: Yeah, we're going to leave it open definitely till the weekend, Neil. So just in case there's anyone else out okay, there okay, that would we probably leave it open till Monday and then we close it up
8: on Monday and hand um, it
2: over. What are you going to do with the bike now? Put it in the cupboard as it's on you? <laughs>
5: Um, well, I suppose I'd better I better give it back to work. But um, we missed it. It became part of the family with the lockdown now, nearly.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. So, in your head now, you're walking up the aisle. But when will you be doing it for real?
5: 17th of June. So, next year is 17th of June. So, um, I suppose we'll be married all no, this time next year, please, God.
2: <laughs> I know. I mean, there were so many people at the park weddings. What can you do, you know? But you put yeah. it to good use, I can tell you that.
5: Yeah, I know. we're delighted now, like with that, we came up with the idea and um, we put our focus onto that, so it turned the negative into the positive, so we're delighted
2: with it. I'm delighted to have be been part of getting you over the line and up the aisle,
5: all right? Yeah, thanks very much, Dean. thank okay, you. Okay,
2: Sonia, well done, and to you as well, thank Barry, you. congratulations.
5: Thank you thanks very much.
2: Thank, thank you. Jared. Fair play to both the uh, two wonderful people, Barry and Sonia, who are due to get married today, and Sunny Marbella, but it'll be this time next year. Now, could I have details actually for the GoFundMe, because they're leaving it open for another few days. Days. The target was 6,500. They passed that this morning. It's cycled to Spain for my wedding day. Cycled to Spain for my wedding day with all of the proceeds going to Marymount Hospice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Back after the break.
8: Text the Neil Brenderville Show now. 86
2: Red FM. I love that text. They just love it. It says you don't always have to be getting stuff done, you know. Sometimes it's perfectly okay and necessary to sit down, kick back and do nothing. Mind yourselves, three X's. I love that text, but like 13 weeks of it, huh? 13 weeks of sitting down, kicking back and doing nothing. A uh, bit of sad news as well this one We were talking about layoffs earlier on. Ticketmaster, uh, the outlet business and merchants key is closed and this may be permanent, they say, because we have no sales for events for the foreseeable future. Ticketmaster, and they've been very good to us down through the years to merge in Merchants Key. I hope they come back again because they were always at the end of the phone when we needed help or anything. And I hope it works out for them. But they're saying for now, they may not ever open again. No sales for events for the foreseeable future. Tickets purchased to the outlet can be refunded on the website, ticketmaster.ie. Um, and there's a link there um, on the website to uh, outlet refund. Uh, you need to check that part out. So. Ticketmaster outlet business in Merchants Key closed, and it could well be permanent. You know, the, <clears throat> with the new government coming in, they're setting their sights on uh, different people here that hadn't set their sights on before. I know we talk about carbon footprints and stuff involving the Green Party, but there's going to be a tax now on vaping. There's also going to be, and that's interesting, a tax on vaping. They're also getting rid of the BAI, and the BAI, it's uh, the organization that controls radio and television and the things that I can and can't do. Uh, that's fairly proactive most of the time. Uh, but that's getting the chop. They're getting rid of that now and they're organizing what's going to be a new media and online safety commission. The only reason I mention this is they need to bring in the Wild West into the broadcasting legislation in Ireland. Of course, that's online. Uh, so good luck with that one. Trying to put, uh, trying to put a muzzle on them fellas. They're going to organize, you know, you have men's sheds. They're going to have teen sheds. Teen sheds. The program for government, a national network of teen sheds, similar to men's sheds. It's a good idea and it's a good chance of, of that actually happening. It's very interesting, though, if they cut the school book costs for parents, uh, where really you can rent instead of buying and, you know, swap books and things like that. And I like this one, too, because this is a bit of the Wild West. We know influencers and bloggers. Um, and I think some of the more um responsible ones do put little... What are the little tags that they put up on their posts? Like, say, things like words like collab... Um, or, you know, they have different terms that they use, um, you know, ad collab, but not all of them do it. So there's going to be new rules for influencers directed to ensure that social media influencers actually disclose that they're linked to the brand or that they're getting paid by the brand. And, you know, in their world where everything is brilliant and you need to buy this and I got it and I love it. A lot of the time there's money changing hands there. In fact, the bigger my Instagram page gets, the more people want to collab with me. Did I tell you that? Did I tell you that? I was like, I'd say about half a dozen different companies now want to give me watches. You know, like me who a- now? I can't remember. Come either. on,
13: name them. Come on.
2: L- lo- lo- I'm your I manager sh- here sure I so a, I, I have to a, tell you. i, a, cl- I, haven't I haven't a cl- a cut off the, I haven't a clue the names of them. They're overseas. They say, love your page, love what you do, like your style, <laughs> DM for a collab yeah. and we'll send you a watch. They want to send me a Poxy watch for thirty or forty euro, and then I'm supposed to tell everyone, oh, "Look at this fabulous watch! Like everyone, you need to buy this watch. It's beautiful. I have one. I wouldn't sleep at night. Would you
3: not? Not. Would you all. do it for any of them? No. If there was, if never. Tag Hair came along with I a watch,
2: never ever. Tag ever. Hair
3: is it? Tag Hair.
2: Tag Her. Tag Her. No, I will never ever never recommend ever somebody to buy anything on the QT be getting paid for it and yeah. have
3: you ever put anything
13: up on Twitter or your Instagram someone might have sent saying oh this is amazing I love it thanks
3: gifted hashtag gifted what does that mean that it was gifted to you you might come on and start saying something is wonderful and fabulous and, and pretend and pretend no, yeah that's no, another one no. as well but
2: what I will do is I will promote any business that wants promoting on my Instagram page for free anyone because this is the time when we need that particularly anybody involved in uh, in services like food uh, hospitality, things like that, I'm there for it but anyway, I'm only mentioning it because this government's coming after influencers, mm-hmm. they want to tax them and they want them to be honest, now some are like Lisa Jordan is superb she's burdened, yeah, yeah. and some of the bigger ones are but others then of course it's like the Wild West alright, a lot of texts, a lot of emails a lot of calls, let me get back to some calls this morning if you don't mind and amongst them, uh, John Scanlon has Scanlon's Bar in New Market, morning John
9: Morning, Neil How are you?
2: How's it been for you? Closed all this time. Are you are you going to open, or will you be one of the ones waiting until July, or what's the deal?
9: I I don't think we'll be opening 29th of June. We we don't offer food at the moment, and I don't think it's viable to open early for us. Um,
2: well, if you don't do food up until now and before you close, you you won't be you won't be opening on June 29th. You just won't. Oh well,
9: look, there's too much on right the tape. authority no, it's starting. Everything's getting. Getting up to standard kitchens and everything, so I don't think it for the sake of, of another few weeks. I don't think it's. And how
2: happen. optimistic are you about um, July twentieth, twenty first, with um, meter distancing and all that?
9: Sure, well, I, I my measurements on the bar and stuff. Look, it's going to be coming to a meter will be helpful, but still, like even I don't know atmosphere, bare atmosphere, and I don't know, it, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be look, it's it will be good to reopen, but. It's going to be a very, very different atmosphere to what it was before. Okay,
2: and how did it work then? Because I know this was the reason for you calling, and I won't keep you much longer. How does it work with Sky? Because um, publicans are telling me they pay up to fifteen hundred a month to Sky.
9: Yeah, well, we'd be on the lower band rate now. There's, there's three, there's three band rates with Sky, which is probably a bit ridiculous that that you can put put all the bars in, in only three band rates. But we're we're on the lower band rate but we're still nearly paying six hundred euro a month to Sky. Is that based on square footage? Is it? no well it's, not. it's based on your turnover turnover yeah so okay. it's now it's the 93 band rates like and we'd be well we were lowest band rates we were still paying huge money like in in a in a town in, uh, a town in Arcot like where you wouldn't have massive population to be paying that much money is is ridiculous and like. could you do without it I wonder well that's always look that's always the we hear from the vintners they say look you have, to, you have to measure up yourself and see what you're selling they, they tell the vintners tell you you have to sell I don't know, the 64 or 65 kegs a year to pay for your Sky? So that's, that's not happening anyway. But if I have five or six regulars come in to watch a soccer match and I don't have a problem, they, they'll go elsewhere. They will.
2: That's so, the problem. They'll go to another perfect pub perfect. In, in Newmarket that does like, yeah.
9: It's as simple as that. So I, I, kinda, I have to have it. Your your hands are tied,
2: Um. And did you get a reduction? or Did they pause the price or did they deduct Sky Sports? They paused
9: the price. And we got an email in uh, Monday that... They're going resuming the charges from the 29th of June and if you're not opening, if you're not opening, let's say if you're not opening until the 20th of July, there's a form you can fill out to tell them you're not opening until this date and they'll charge you from, let's say, the 20th of July when you are reopening. But you have to pay that money back? They reduce their prices from, they're they're after having their prices for July and August. So they're 50% reduction for July and August but um, the 1st of September then the charges will go back up. Do you think that that, that Sky
2: actually have been quite proactive then, apart from the fact that their rates are very high in the first place, but that they are trying yeah, to they help?
9: Were, they were proactive, but before they before they suspended prices, I had rang Sky to cancel my subscription anyway, and I I I think the lady I was talking to that day, said they were inundated with calls to cancel. So I I would say they had to they had to make some move themselves. But
2: many people say the that hard. the best thing you should do is call something, call up a company, and tell them you're going somewhere else. So you're Canceling and they'll give you a deal.
9: Well, that doesn't go with with, with Sky Commercial because they don't have any competition. They, they can have just do it on their on their books as well. So they, the the winners are telling. Well, the winners tell us they 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 won't even get a sit down with Sky. They won't even Sky won't even come to the table. I know, well. I know, I
2: know. Well, listen, listen. But if, every,
9: if every if every pub in Ireland came together and and put it out and and make a stand, we might get somewhere. But but like a lot of just. People won't do it. Like I don't know why. Well, the vintners, is,
2: the you are saying that the vintners should enter serious negotiations with Sky going forward to reduce the extortion of prices paid by
9: publicans. Well, I think I think, I, I think it's an opportunity now to do it. I know they're trying to get back as much as they can, but we're on the same. boat. we're all our businesses have been reduced to nothing. So I mean, it, it, they have to try anyway. It's it's it makes it makes no sense just to go back to normal. Okay, well, now, good. I know. Look, they're, they're a huge company and they, they just won't come to the table by all accounts, but. So they should try and do something, anyway.
2: So they could put their prices up any day, and you have no say but to follow it.
9: They're putting their prices up um, on average. I'd say every twelve months, their prices go up. Sky's prices,
2: and but because they, they have, they have a monopoly on in the market, there's nothing you can do about it.
9: No, no, sure. Look, you have to look as as they as they say. It's a choice. You can draw it out if you want, but look, I can't. If people are coming coming into the bar every every night and they come to watch a match, and you're on you don't have it and if they know you don't have it, they won't come into you any night. And if you
2: have a dodgy box really in like there, that. they won't be long copping that on either, will they?
9: Yeah. Well, there, there is, there is an effect where I'm Look, peace of mind if, you're, if you are open your bar in the evening and there's a soccer match on and you have a dodgy box inside every time the door opens you're looking to see who it is yeah, who needs so, that
2: yeah, you're I dead mean, right you it, want to be able to sleep well at night Yeah. All right. It's okay. not John nice talking to you good luck then in July when you open up and you get your regulars back again appreciate the call Thank you. Thanks very much. Scanlan's Bar in Newmarket so you could be paying actually um, I'm told actually there are six rates um, I think um, Fairless, Fairness Liam Barry was back on from Goldberg so there's not three scan, uh, Sky rates there are six van rates for Sky so somebody with the higher turnover would be paying 18000 a year just for Sky, and primarily that would be for a Sky soccer match, I suppose, or maybe that, maybe the racing channel and things like that. Okay, let me stay with calls just ahead of the ad break. Helena has the whale's tail in Clonakilty. I was talking about the whale's tail last week. I'm not quite sure why. It does good stuff. Helena, good morning.
3: Good morning, Neil. Greetings from West Cork.
2: Um, why you? was I talking about the whale's tail last week? Did You sent me, uh, me an email, I believe, wasn't it?
3: I did, I probably did. I'm sure I'm always emailing you. I, prob- I sent you an email just to say that, you know, we were putting our tables outside, that was it. We okay, so, so
2: I, do, you serve, do you serve whale's
3: tail on the menu or what's the deal? No, no, no. It's, it might be a because you never know what we said at the moment with this COVID going on. It might become one of the regulations, yes, I don't know any. But
2: you're the first uh, establishment that I've heard is actually sticking to two metres.
3: Yeah, we're we're going to stick to the two meters, Neil. You know, and this is something that we've we've deliberated about and talked quite intensively about. We're lucky; it is a big premises, but I suppose you know you're coming from the fact that people have been indoors, they've been minding themselves, they've been watching themselves for 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 the thirteen weeks as you said there previously, and uh, we want to open, we want business, and you know our, our town itself in Connecticut has been obviously hurt by, the, by by everything that's going on. So we can do it. We're lucky. We totally sympathise. Empathize. I'd love to do one metre. I sympathise with anybody who can only do one metre. But sometimes you have to put the customer experience first, and that's what we're trying to do. So in order to get people in, to get them back out again and comfortable, we're saying, look, do you know what? We're staying t- with two metres. We're going to have a designator, elderly um, hour and carer's hour, um, mm. on a in and two hours. But you the the-
2: are turning away money. <laughs>
3: I never turn away money, Neil. <laughs> what I'm hoping to do is, you know, trust is going to be a big factor. You know, there's there's no point in having a customer in once and walking away then and never coming back to you. So that's not... Uh, that's, but that's in fairness, thing. like there's yeah.
2: a huge amount of distance in a metre between two tables. Like, you know...
3: Like, there is, and absolutely, and, and, and hopefully we'll all go to there. But at the beginning of this, after, uh, in, the, in the initiation of us opening up again... People are going to be nervous, and right. I would mm. rather people come into me and not be nervous. Neil, it's going to be a huge difference for us. I'm used to greeting my customers, giving them a hug, slap on the back. How are you? Sit down. You know, it's going to be it's going to be awkward for everybody. Yeah. Do they, how do they say now? Uh, touch my elbow? Don't touch my elbow. You know, I don't know. And, and the, is it the
2: same? You know, somebody asked me this, and I, and I hope I answered it correctly. You know, with regards to Monday week and pubs that serve food, 105 minutes. It's the same for restaurants, isn't it?
3: Well, we'll stick into the two-meter rule so we don't have to comply with that.
2: Oh, the one-meter is 105, the two-meter is... As long as you want or a assuredly. Come
3: in and sit down and relax and enjoy yourself. I am not going to be able to please it, nor am I going to under any circumstances I hear the chaps there on from the pubs and I, I absolutely empathise with them. Why cannot I go up to somebody and say sorry now lads time's up. You just, you know you're coming in they're spending their hard earned money with us as it is there's a certain amount of time you know people take to eat to, to have a meal to enjoy themselves. They've been as I said locked up for a long period of time. I don't think it's going to be good business practice certainly for us as restaurants to. Um, I don't know. We have to if, if we're confined with our, with our with our size and our restrictions of one meter. But I don't think it's going to help people trust the getting back out into society. But how again, long do you need
2: why. to eat a meal? Like one hundred and five minutes is plenty. Like
3: no, no. You are obviously a fast eater. Neil. I have a hour, an, an hour time. and a half, two and a half hours. Well, you know, Neil, you must remember, I'm restricting my my staff levels as well. You know, I can't have, well, I had five, now I'll have two or maybe three. So, you know, we can only, we can only go so fast as well. Do you, you know what I mean? So that is a factor as well that has to be taken into it.
2: Okay, all right. Good luck then when it happens. Two metres You look down. forward to
3: seeing you, Neil. You me You're coming down.
2: Okay, <laughs> Helena, we'll do. The whale's tail in Um We got a response from Stryker with regards to the job layoff. Stryker continuously evolved to ensure that resources and operations were aligned to uh, okay I know that to address the ever changing needs of the customer. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, after careful consideration we've announced the termination of a limited number of temporary contract positions within the manufacturing operation at the Model Farm Road these changes will help us remain best positioned to support our customers and respond to future market dynamics and that's first from striker uh, in the states i believe um, uh, yeah Kalamazoo in America uh, so that's um confirming the job layoffs, they, they, they call them, uh, part-time, um, or at least to put it correctly, temporary contract position layoffs. Back after the break, um, a lot to do and very little time, but just after the break, the first thing you're going to hear after the break is, you know, we talk about moving through the phases and the phases moving faster and five turning into four and the pubs that serve food allowed to open Monday week, 105 minutes and uh, nine euro substantial meal at lunchtime. <laughs> ask Seamus to go out and ask people. Don't shoot me now when I say this, but ask them, go out and ask people, do you think we're moving through the lockdown phases too quickly? Are we easing things too fast? More on that after the break.
3: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106.
2: Okay, in spite of uh, Monday week, Benny McCabe was on this morning, all of his pubs, he's got 14 or 15 of them. None of those will open, whether they serve food or not. He's going to wait until July 20th. Goldbergs aren't opening either. When you measure everything up and you do the numbers on it it's not worth their while they're going to park it as well this is a, a conversation that's mute to many um, rural pubs because they're small and they don't do food anyway so they'll be looking towards uh, july the end the middle to the end of july when that date comes in july 20th uh, and open on the 21st but as we move along under the government's COVID 19 roadmap are we moving are we moving too quickly I think they should just open up everything at the moment.
11: And as you can see, the buzz around the city is fantastic. But um, I think that everything should be opened up on the 29th. Pubs, restaurants, everything.
1: Well, I'm still scared to death over it anyway. Um,
4: I don't know, we'll just have to see I suppose. Well. There's no deaths at the moment, very little. If people are not going to abide what the government are saying, you like, could start all over again. And there's after been another outbreak in a, meat, in a food market in um, Beijing last week. So, and you have an idiot of an America who's living in his own little fantasy world. If the Americans are not going to abide it one of the biggest superpowers in the world, and we are a us up for the Americans, so I don't know. To be honest, right. as soon as we come over, the better. So we should.
3: I think, to be honest, we have to try to get back to some normality, like, you know. And if we're not going to try it, sure, how long more are we going to be kept in? We'll have to try something to see how it goes well i'm from italy so i have other experience at home what i listen from my family and i think the situation here is not too bad but it will be nice if more people are using the mask because i don't see people in the shop in some shop and even people working in the place they have a mask so it's not really nice i mean you have to think about other people as well so what i will i would like to see more is masks If you want to ease the lockdown and more masks.
12: I'm just afraid that it might come back in the the, the winter in November and stuff like that. But hopefully we haven't. But I've survived anyway, thank God. (laughs) So I hope everyone else will be the same. I think that it's time. I just hope there's not another wave. But uh, if everybody does what they're supposed to do, I think everything will be fine, yeah. Because it's depressing not, you know. Lockdown will cause more trouble than the virus itself. I think the restrictions are ridiculous at this stage. I think we did have, like, severe winter flu. Um, every year we get hit with a more super flu. I mean, that's what it was. Leo has actually destroyed the economy. There's an awful lot of money going to the WHO organisation. There's money that he's sent off to China. and Millions, and he's doing millions of this. Where's all that money coming from? I think he's bleeding the country dry, and then he's going to leave. This came at a very convenient time for Leo and me, Hall Martin. We didn't want him in. No, we were allowed to have takeaways. Why? Because I don't think Leo ever cooks for himself. Every time Leo changed it, there was something there for him. Now, he's saying hairdressers can't open for the next uh, maybe three months. Who's doing his hair? Because he's got quite a nice uh, haircut. He's run around Phoenix Park with a can of beer. See anybody here in New park with a can of beer? They're going to get jailed
2: who's <laughs> doing Leo feradka 's hair I bet he never cooks at home oh my god almighty to be Show could do it July 20th for all of those things July 20th under the government's roadmap: theatres, cinemas, nightclubs, casinos hairdressers, barbers all sorts of stuff July 20th but there will be physical distancing measures implemented how you going to do that in a nightclub is beyond me you could probably do it in a cinema and a theatre alright but it means that some of the seats would have to be left empty Casinos, I don't know how many of those we have, but uh, physical distancing consumers. And you know, you're also talking about September, then gatherings up to 5,000 people permitted outdoors uh, with regards to mass gatherings indoors and uh, i don't know anything about that but big cultural events so or gigs to be held outdoors maybe three four five thousand people unlikely to be more than that but they're certainly looking at that from september but one of the papers this morning the mail says chaos and pub crawls that's the way it's going to be for publicans uh, as they put in uh, you know changes to their business to open monday week and provide provide food i love those voxes. i love the echo boy in the background there reminding us uh, you now keep your local echo boy or your local newspaper and business, whether it's one of the rural newspapers or whether it's the Examiner or the Echo, make sure you pick up a copy of them regularly because there's jobs behind all this as well, all those as well. A couple of shout-outs before I, I love you and leave you today, um but we'll pick it up in the morning. My apologies, there were so many texts on this I didn't get to many of them. Uh, so with regards to shout outs, good morning. And these are for vouchers for ramen, who are doing click and collect on Anglesey Street for you. Delicious Asian street food. So some vouchers Ryan O'Donoghue, please uh, shout out on the radio his graduation is today Dave from St. Joseph's Primary School. He deserves uh, a voucher for his birthday. It was cancelled two months ago because of the pandemic. Uh, his confirmation was cancelled in May and the graduation ceremony was cancelled. We're having a drive-by ceremony for him. Ah, that's a great idea he's a big brother to Ellie Kim and Amelia and Phoebe thanks Neil it's been a tough year and he's a great boy down in Passage West how's it going can you nominate my nephew Peter Lee? Leahy working flat out in Duns and Ballyvaland the entire lockdown barely any days off I, lo- I would love and appreciate if you gave him a voucher he's only 19 a great worker and a wonderful nephew says Ashling. so we'll sort that would be great if you gave my niece a treat her confirmation was cancelled her first holiday overseas was cancelled a surprise treat hopefully would make her smile says Pat quick one here Sort of a voucher, please, for my sister, Siobhan, who's principal of a national school, working extremely hard for the whole of lockdown. As well as that, she's been cocooning with my mother, who's over 70, and my aunt, who has health issues. She did any and all of the jobs for them as well. Grocery shopping for a neighbor on top of it, who was also cocooning. I'm a nurse, so I couldn't help due to the risk of transmission. And I'd like to acknowledge the fantastic job she did, and that's from Catherine Courtney on behalf of her sister Siobhan. So we'll sort you out as well. Just a fast one, actually, from a man who's been around the block and seen it all before. No, Magner. No, good morning.
4: Good morning. What do you th- you? Actually,
2: what are your thoughts on Me Hall for Taoiseach, incidentally?
4: Well, I tell you, I, I'm like as a cock man, right? And he being a cock man, I'm I'm quite happy about about it. Like, you know, I mean, I think it it, it, it was overdue for him, like, you know, so. Uh, I'm not uh, kind of adoring him uh, or uh, anything like that, right? but I think uh, it's only right and proper that uh, uh, that we should have uh, 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 the teacher of our country. Like I mean, following on the, the late and great Jack Lynch, like right? So he's a uh, very big show, big to, folk, to fill, big there, right, to fill.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But were yeah. you making a point about the importance of him being the one? to honour the convention centre, because I think that's got to be, that has probably more to do with whether or not Live Nation will want to take it now anymore with the changes to gigs and numbers.
4: That's right, and look what's after happening out to the, uh, you can't go into the Merchants' Kino and get your tickets for a gig, line, Gone, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, You see, so, I mean, the whole edifice is tumbling down. So somebody like, right, would want to sort of get their act together on behalf of Cork City and its people, Right, I don't want to be minimalist now. Like, right, I'm just I can, I can look at the, the the broad picture, but I mean, we need to be looked after here in Cork. I think we haven't got the kind of uh, deal that we we needed, but there's an opportunity now uh, that we're going to have a Cork t-shirt, a t-shirt for all Ireland, well, for 26 counties. Right, I, I think hall should have that. Um, on his, uh, on his agenda. How have uh, you managed uh, uh, over the
2: last... How many of you, I'm out of time now, No, but have you managed over the last three months to stay home, much of it?
4: Oh, I did, I did. I'm a certain venerable age, like, right? And um, right. I, I'm not uh, ashamed to say that I'm after reaching the ripe old age of 81. <laughs> well done, kid.
2: Well done. Well you done.
4: know what I mean, Like right? So to be able to... Even articulate something (laughs) on the
2: phone is a good trick. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing very well. Listen, mind yourself, and we'll catch up again soon. Noel Magna. Neil, get a grip, man. All you're talking about is pubs opening. How about gyms opening? Why isn't that on your agenda? Doesn't mental health not matter more than the old-school piss-up Every week mentality. All right. We'll pick it up in the morning. Keep those texts coming and calls as well. Text 086A-104106. Pick up the phone on 1850 106 And a special mention to David Hogan, the Echo Boy, who featured in the background of our Vox there. Always great to hear him in the background doing his thing. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
3: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out Redextra.ie for more great red FM content.